0: From downtown, this is Tim Kitschler from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom, shakalaka.
1: This week on Nintendo Main is Tears of the Kingdom, the Switch's last hurrah. And we have Joel DeWitt here from Super GG Radio.
2: Wow, Nintendo is really leading into Tears of the Kingdom on a bus.
0: Gimmick yeah, has a release date. <laughs>
2: What a gimmick.
1: Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 370. Your place to hear Nintendo fans uh, talk about Tears of the Kingdom and whether the Switch will live longer after that. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Xenophile Johnson.
2: I'm Jeremy. Remote play, more like demote the play quality of the game. Trying to use that. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh.
0: Lukowski. <laughs> Got some internet problems? I'm John. Once again, gimmick has released date mitter. Does and we have special guests this week,
3: Joel Loop Hero of Light. DeWitt, <laughs> Loop Hero.
1: How's it going, Joel? Nice to have you on the show again. No, Heck no, yeah.
3: thanks for having me, guys. Uh, doing well, doing well. I'm scratching at the walls waiting for this weekend, but uh, oh, yeah. All, all, good. Oh, I mean, whatever is
1: happening this weekend, I don't, I don't even know.
3: It's, it's the greatest <laughs> day of the year.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh right, yeah, it's the graduation weekend. Uh, the college nearby, so I'm gonna be
0: very busy.
1: they are, yeah. Oh yeah, with work. Um, yes. are you? Uh, I, I guess, we're, of course, anybody who's listening to this knows what we're talking about. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Are you a a physical or a digital?
3: I I am physical this go-round.
1: Okay. Are are you doing the... Because I saw GameStop is doing midnight releases again, which is pretty cool. I figured if anything would bring it back, it would be Legend of Zelda for sure.
3: So my experience is actually I placed a pre-order on Amazon shortly after they announced the price hike. Mm. So I could sneak in the $60 nice. price for there. Uh, it, it's turning out this way for me that I probably won't be able to play the game until Saturday. So mm. getting it late that evening isn't going to be too much of a loss for me. And, and I don't know about you all, but I want to play that on a TV screen. Like I want the whole TV experience sure. with that one. Yeah, not on the handheld.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I don't I don't play on the handheld that much unless I'm like on trips or whatever. Even though
2: you have that lovely OLED screen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It does. Yes, the screen does look great. That's for sure. I, I use it uh, whenever I, in, inside baseball, whenever I edit the podcast in this room, in this, uh, the podcast studio, as I call it, um, whenever I edit in here, I do like, I, I take the, I take the OLED screen and I stick it on the old try one over there and I edit while I'm playing on that thing. So I do, so I do use it handheld-ish when I'm editing in here, just because it, I have it, it runs through my computer to stream. So if I take my computer off, then it won't go through the TV. So I play it through the OLED.
2: I imagine the other reason Nintendo didn't offer something like the Tri One for it is liability. liability to it, where great people are gonna break it and say it was the Switch it was Nintendo's fault for the design of the the gooseneck thing. But yeah, that's like one of the best parts of the Switch is that gooseneck adapter ability. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I remember getting my wisdom teeth out and just laying in bed <laughs> yeah. looking straight up at yeah. it. was great.
0: <laughs> and then it <laughs> fell off and it knocked out your other teeth.
2: <laughs> eh,
0: cheaper. News. I know
1: John went through a couple of those. Yeah. I actually use it for streaming to hold like my, my tablet, like, so I can kind of monitor the comments and stuff. That's what I use it for for the most part. So, and, and also I use it to play stuff on whatever I'm editing, like I said earlier. So it has, it has its purpose, I guess. So yeah, I, I uh, actually, I preloaded the tears of the kingdom on digital with a Nintendo voucher. So I got it for $50. So, meh, meh. so I, See, saved, I didn't use so a voucher I $20. I did
3: preload it as of about 10 minutes ago.
1: Okay.
2: It's actually it's probably still
3: downloading. Yeah, because it's like sixteen gigs. <laughs> yeah. And and that's definitely a smarter play when you think about just you know dollar value. And to be honest, I'm not gonna be trading in this game, so it really probably wouldn't matter too much other than not having to connect to the internet to play Mm. zelda if i was on the go but yeah it's it's gonna be a good time for an adventure
2: i think i think it's just too good of a like it's going to be too big and too good of a game to like i
3: think i'll be able to get it later if i really
2: want it maybe not the special edition or whatever which is okay i don't need that but i like i bought uh you know i bought breath of the wild physical because at the time amazon was still offering a 20 percent off deal on new games oh yeah so I got it, you know, I got it the day of, but it didn't arrive until after I went to work that day. So that sucked because I had the switch, but I couldn't play. I couldn't play anything but snipper clips. But um, I, this time around, I got it digital just because I don't want to wait. Like I'd rather just have it. And also, well, I bought the so for instance, I bought the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild, and I still got that because for me, it felt like the Twilight Prince situ Twilight Prince the Twilight Prince <laughs> situation where uh, I don't know they could they could change it up uh, where. Where they, you know, they released on both platforms. So I just thought, why not with Breath of the Wild, do the same? And so I've got a sealed Wii U copy. I'm sure it's going to be worth. Yes. A lot of someday, but. <laughs>
1: yes. I, I I mine is not sealed. I actually bought um because of the same thinking of Twilight Princess. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not going to screw myself over again. I'm not going to get the inferior version because last time I got the Wii version instead of the GameCube version, and the GameCube version is the better version of the two of them. So it was like. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing that this time. But also, t- at the same time, Nintendo kind of tried to fuck everybody over because they released the Wii version much longer before they did the GameCube version. So they're just kind of like, even though this is a GameCube game, we're not going to let you get it until later, which is really mean. But yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, I'm playing it on Wii U because this is a Wii U game, and I'm playing it on the fucking Wii U. So when I got the Switch, I really didn't have anything
2: to play on it. Even all the the features of the Wii U tablet were not used. Even I know, though. I was pissed about that. The Sheikah that. Slate obviously is supposed to be that tablet.
1: Yeah, it was going to be as good as the HD version of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, where you can change your weapons like on the screen and see the map and all that, like all the great things. They took all that away, which is really, really unfortunate. But I'm still waiting for my Wii U copy of Tears of the Kingdom. No. (laughs) But no, I I have it preloaded and I'm excited to play it at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Central time. We got a whole, uh, my wife took off work so we could play it together and all that stuff. So we're making a day out of it. It's going to be fun. Which they did They did that before for Mario Odyssey and and Breath of the Wild, I think, too, when those came out.
2: I wish this had come out, you know, some other time, not because I wanted it sooner or later, but because it's just a bad, it's a bad weekend for me.
1: Because of the, yeah, because of the busy weekend and all that.
2: It's like, yeah, the busiest weekend of the year for the restaurants around here and I've already said I would stay late if I needed to and stuff, so we'll see yeah. how that goes.
1: Yeah, gotta make that money for the DLC whenever, whenever that comes around. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to like mention it because it's kind of a spoiler. But did, did anybody see how like Nintendo kind of like dropped the ball today on uh, as far as yeah. like Tears of the Kingdom information? They just like just put it out there.
2: I don't know <laughs> if they dropped <laughs> oh, the I did ball. Hear something. I think they were like, we're gonna have the developers themselves tell you this before yeah. it leaks in the next twenty four hours.
1: I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. It's not really a it's story not a spoiler related at all, thing. Yeah. But they just said that there that there are dungeons in this one, which obviously I think everybody. Yeah,
3: said that. I I've been trying to stay mostly radio silent, so I I've skipped the last direct that they showed, but. That isn't terribly surprising to me, especially yeah. since that was one of the biggest critiques of the first game. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that also there were dungeons?
0: Beats. Yeah, they were dungeons. There were the du- there, there yeah. were dungeons in, in Breath of the Wild. There were the divine beasts. Yeah, somebody yeah. who was complaining about no dungeons, those were your dungeons.
2: They were dungeons, but they were tiny dungeons, and they were all oh, and a lot of people the did. same
0: like yeah, a lot of people didn't like
2: them that much. Yeah,
1: so that's cool. But yeah, no, it's uh, I'm excited about it planning on playing it whenever i get done editing this episode so let's not make it that long
2: all right well everybody have a great
3: night <laughs> yeah nice talk uh you.
1: since you know at the beginning uh why don't you joel why don't you tell us about what's been going on with super gg radio and let everybody know where to find that at the beginning and then you can do it again at the end
3: i appreciate it uh so super gg radio you can find us on twitter facebook twitch i'm sure other places too we think we do have tiktok too um i don't know why just a. Shitpost, mostly. But we focus primarily on indie games. We do a lot of time with scouring stuff that's pre release just to demo out and uh, see what's on the horizon and just be able to talk through some of that. Talking a lot of through our backlog, because like everybody, we bought a ton of games over the years, haven't played half of them need to sort of clear out the closet a little bit on that. And uh, we also every year do work towards an extra life campaign in November. Uh, we do a 24-hour marathon towards ch- Children's Mir- Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, my friends are on Chicago, I'm on Western Illinois, right around Iowa. So we have different regional hospitals we fundraise towards, but it's always a really cool experience for that too. and. I, I all I'd really say is just you know feel free to follow along with us. Uh, you know we, we do our best to find new cool stuff. Didn't find Rhythm Sprout until you guys mentioned it on here. Yeah. which that was a really cool find. Isn't that, <laughs> so, isn't that game awesome? Oh, it's it is rad. It, it's it's the music game genre just distilled into the three button press. But it has has that same like great tempo, having to hold the beat and trying to rhythmically stay coordinated. So it's, it's a very cool thing and really good music.
1: Did you, were you able to make it all the way through?
3: Not quite. I, I think I it's probably hard. Do it, yeah. <laughs> it, it it's pretty tough. I, I got, I probably did a dozen levels left here. I do plan on finishing it out, but some of these levels you have to really stick with it and keep beating your head over the wall. To, to get over that hurdle. It's, it's a real learning experience, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I just love the way the game works. Like, it's, you know, it's like, a, it's, for everybody not familiar, it's basically like what you, like, hit, like, when you, you go, like, to the left and the right on the different beats, and your character kind of moves, like, when you do the music. And I always like music games where it actually feels like you're creating the music, and if you're not doing it, it's not there. And also, there's a battle component in it where you run into people, and you're actually, like, dodging on beat, which also, like, you know, is a part of the song as well. And, and you have your own, like, health meter and they have their own health meter and you're just doing it through that and it's really cool and there's like you know there's its own like star power or whatever like guitar hero that you can do where you can you know make every basically make all the notes the same so you don't have to do like left or right or, or whatever button and, and you can try to do that to try to get through some of the later stuff and I know that's gotten me through some of it, but yeah, the story's really good too. And the characters are really interesting and it's really funny. Like that's written really well. And yeah, the music's great. And there's even like, you can get like even harder tracks. Of course there's a whole like prequel that you can unlock. That's even more difficult. Like as you go through and there's plenty of shit on there for like, I don't know, it's like under 20 bucks or something like that. It's so cheap for all the stuff they get that you get for it. And it's definitely been on my like of the, you know, best of the year list for a while. And I recommend anybody to play it who likes rhythm stuff for sure well uh, let's start off the show as we normally do and talk about games that we got and we and games that we've been playing Joel, what if what have you been doing on your switch or whatever what have you been playing
3: so i'll I'll stick mostly Nintendo here, but a few things I ran across over the past few weeks. Uh, I actually got the Final Fantasy Pixel collection nice. for switch. I was one of those that saw that they offered a physical copy and went, ooh, I should, I should do that. <laughs> so uh, did, did you Play get the one with Asia. the
1: record? No. Okay.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't think I, that
1: was pretty rad that some of them had vinyl. I was like, that's, that's badass.
3: They love to come up with really great collections that I can't justify paying money for. So, uh, no, I just got the, the cartridge. It showed up uh, about a week and a half ago. And when I first t- popped in the cart, I was a little surprised, uh, because there was a Number one, when you get the package, it has a sticker saying downloadable codes. And my mind went straight to, mm. oh no, I just bought a box with codes inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But, but, but no, it came with a cartridge. And when you put the cartridge in, it doesn't show it as one single icon. It splits it into the six different games. So it kind of took me by surprise. Kind of like sends, sends
1: them out to uh,
3: get to infect your Switch. Right, little, yeah, <laughs> it's spreading.
1: Little Final Fantasy minions just coming in there. I,
3: I mean, if you think about it, what Final Fantasies are missing right now?
1: Thir- 13.
3: 13. I think I it's,
1: think... A, I th- yeah, it's like what, like the three 13s, and 11 was an online game, so that's not on there. Right. But I think that's, it, it would be like 11 and 14 and, and the 13s, I think. Yeah. right? And and there's yeah. like a mini version of 15. It's not really the full 15, I guess, but because we have 7, 8, well, we have seven, eight, nine. 9, and 10 and 10 2 and 12 mm-hmm. are all on there. So, yeah, it's like you pretty much have the full Final Fantasy there.
3: Right. Yeah, it's an impressive slate. And my experience with RPGs is kind of limited. I, like many people my age, I first was introduced to the genre with Final Fantasy 7 on the PlayStation. I then jumped up from that to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> On PlayStation, and so it's kind of a one-two punch of really seminal pieces for me to jump into, and then four I played uh, for a while in love but never really got over the hurdle when I was younger. Uh, so I'm try- trying to go back to basics, and figure I'd start with Final Fantasy One. And uh, first thing, it probably should go without saying, beautiful. Beautiful looking game. I, I mean, just night and day compared to what you looked at the original, how flat everything is in the original, how bare bones it kind of looks. And then you come to this and it it looks like such a fresh experience. The backdrops are multi-layered, really vibrant and colorful. Uh, the characters actually the you know the heroes look more fleshed out, and that orchestral soundtrack is really incredible.
1: I've I've been playing it with the With the original soundtrack, just because... That's me. I like the original stuff, and I'm actually I'm playing it with my wife as well, and uh, and they you know it has the nostalgia of like the original NES because uh, they played a lot of that as a kid. So mm-hmm. so I put it to that, but I but I've heard the, I've heard the new the new version is good. I just for me I just I want to see I want to hear the original soundtrack. Like I don't care. I'm sure you did a great version of remixing whatever. I don't care. I want to hear the NES one. I want to see I hear the Super Nintendo one. You know that that's me. That's where I live, and then that it, so you know is that
3: an option in the options menu? I, I didn't yeah. really check those details it yeah. is yeah okay. yeah
1: you can um yeah you, you can turn you can change it you can change the music to the original music you can change the horrible font make it a little bit better because <laughs> the modern font or whatever is really bad the one that looks like it makes it look like a iphone game or whatever mm-hmm. uh you can the classic font makes it a little bit more like the original one like makes it a little more digitized or whatever which i think it looks a lot better and i know you can like you can like click the right stick and automatically turn off battles which is really uh this is really helpful and also you can click the left stick to like put like an auto run on to where you just go faster
3: yes so i, I think those quality of life features are really what's helped me chart on in this so far so it, on, on space The game is kind of obtuse in that old-fashioned RPG way. Starting out, it's fairly understandable by how you get going and where to go. But then as you expand out, there are certain spots where it's like you have to stumble into it or have a guide. Like The spot I'm in right now is just prior to the Lava Mountain, where I guess the Fire Crystals probably at. And I would not have figured out without help that you need to go in the town, go to the right of the town to find the 12 sages to give you the, the boat to <laughs> go across it, rivers and such.
1: Are you talking about a one final fantasy one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought that was really funny. Cause yeah, we were playing it and you like go to a town and there's a pirate. That's just like, I want to fight you. And then you fight the pirate and he's like, Oh, you can have my ship. After you <laughs> yeah. after you beat him, it's pretty much what happens. And I'm like, wow, yeah. this, this is such an NES like way to like tell a story here, which it's just like some guy standing in front of a store and you talk to him and you fight him and you beat him. And he's like, here's the keys to my chip. Uh, you're better than me. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be a pirate anymore. You know, I, uh, I I regret everything or whatever. It's just like, okay, well, that was weird. Uh, didn't expect that. But cool, I have a boat now.
3: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of charming, right? I, I mean, a lot of more recent RPGs, it's such a, a complex and detailed story. And just having something be like, do this. You did a silly response and then you can move on. And you don't know whether it's, Meant to be humor or sometimes it's like it's just a product of the writing quality at the time, but uh, I find the whole experience charming and the quality of life stuff the fast forward and battle so you can have it to where you select your actions and then if you just hit the fast forward it'll just repeat that over and over until the battles done. Uh, those times where you're grinding and you just want them to spam attack helps a lot, keep things going and, and keeps it moving along. That auto run feature is really helpful going through towns or certain parts of dungeons if you're retreading parts. And the assist to turn off the encounters, for the most part, I've avoided doing just because I'm trying to retain some of that experience a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But.
3: But there are parts where it was like, okay, I'm lost. I've killed these things two dozen different times, and I'm ten levels over where I probably should be. I just want to explore and figure out where I'm going.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, I only really used it like just in a situation where I'm kind of like, I need to get back to town, and I don't really have any potions, and I'm gonna die if I have to find anybody. So I just turn it off and I just run back to town and get my shit, and then turn it back on, you know. And I, and I turned up, I turned up the experience points too for the NES one just because. You know, I, I put it on 2X, and I made the money 2X also. I was like, I'll, I'll do it. I was like, I'll do that for all these NES ones, just because, you know, the, the ex, I feel like the exper- experience points were a little light at that time in most RPGs. So it'll just, mm. like, you know, half the game make it half the time, I guess, if you turn up the experience points by two. So I'm just like, okay. And I think you can turn it all the way up to four. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I did I did that for that, just to, like, make it a little smoother, just so I can, you know, go and buy all the spells for all the different stuff and
3: whatever. Mm-hmm. That was another funny thing is... I the mana system in this where it's not like 20 mana that you spread across all your different spells. It is each level has a certain number of mana to use as one time hits. Uh th- That was a different wrinkle than I experienced in other Final Fantasy, So it was kind of neat seeing that lineage too, from where it started to where it's now. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought but... it took me a minute to figure that out too. I'm like, kind of like, what? What is that? Yeah, it's like, a. it has a different, it has different MP depending on what level the spell is in it, and there's different amounts for each level and all that, so it's it's kind of like. I guess that was more of like a D and D thing or something that they were going for at the time when it started because I know it was heavily influ- influenced by that. But, mm. but yeah, it's yeah, it's a completely different.
3: But but overall, I I already recommend that game uh, even if you're just looking for the historical context. I, I think the quality of life stuff makes it so where anybody could run through it and get the gist of it even if you don't want the full detail. But I, I've been very happy with that purchase so far.
1: And you got and you got five other RPG or five other Final Fantasies after that to get through. So yeah, so it's I, super. I exciting
3: i am eager to fill in the blanks on that and revisit uh four and six which are two games that i know are great that i started and never got around to finishing so yeah
1: and you gotta fight you gotta play five as well like i five is is so good if, if you if you're a fan of any of the class based uh sequels like bravely default and uh stuff mm-hmm. like that like five is basically the the back like the bare bones of those games like what what became like bravely default one and two and and all those sort of games came from uh From two or from five and I guess three somewhat, but three wasn't as good as five, but yeah, five is great because you can, yeah, you just kind of, it's just all about building, building the different classes and you learn different abilities and you can mix them with other classes and it's really fun and it's, it's got a great soundtrack and story and all that as well.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely going to chew through all of them. Uh, The other game I spent a lot of time on this week is Loop Hero. And so Loop Hero is something that I think got a lot of fanfare when it originally came out. Uh, I'm the kind of person where I keep in the back of my mind if something gets a lot of visibility, but don't come back to it until it's a sale or in this case, it's on Game Pass. So I currently have a uh, subscription for that right now. There you go. Loop Hero is... I guess you call an rpg where it's almost like a board game or what you might call like a macro rpg compared to like the final fantasies so you are a a hero who is stuck in a time loop with a lich cane, and you have a map that you're set out on and it's it's literally just like a one road track that is randomly generated on this larger field and you won't move outside of that track and there'll be a campfire and it'll automatically go around and run you into monsters. And as you kill these monsters, they can give you either armor or weapons, or they can give you cards. And cards will be the things that you fill out to expand the map. So there'll be things like mound cards that'll give you plus 5 HP when you put it on the floor, or uh, meadows that will help you regen every time a day loop passes. And you, you, or there's things like uh, swamps or graveyards and other things that spawn monsters on the road too. And the process of the level is that you will keep going in this loop and you will have to get back to the campfire to get health back. Or there are things like villages that can also do you health and add quests along the line. But some of the quirks are that the end goal is to get to the final loop of it which happens when you place a certain number of cards down and once you get to the end of that final loop you will face the boss and then you'll either have to choose to fight him or retreat well part of the process is trying to balance the cards that'll help you on the field with cards that cards that'll endanger you so if you make the loop too hard by adding too many graveyards vampire places things like that you won't get far enough and you'll, you'll die off. And then if you make it too easy on you, the monsters won't drop the kind of loot you need to be prepared to take on the final boss. And so it is this interesting push and pull of trying to figure out when the right time to meter out extra challenges and not make it too easy on yourself while you're getting through there each level up uh, you get levels up and and for the class of character you have you get different attributes available like uh, the warrior class you can have something where it'll give you double your health whenever you go towards the campfire as an extra shield you can have things where every passing day your next attack will be this really powerful shot of swords other stuff like that and the cards themselves is really what creates the variety because there's not only those two types but there's also things like uh, oblivion cards which will let you just destroy a piece on the map so for example if you find it too hard you could destroy of the things that generates monsters or even just like the next place in front of you that might have four monsters that you know you can't get past and different things that really modify the way your certain run can be there are things like beacon cards that will make the day pass quicker in the certain area that you put it in and when you have things like that regenerate after every day cycle it can really help you keep going and those it just really adds a nice bit of variety to that on the other end of it There is once you die or if you complete a cycle, there's a campfire or not campfire campgrounds where that's kind of like your your road light section of it where you are putting permanent upgrades to it. And so you'll upgrade things by adding farms, barracks, uh, different like town fixtures that will give you permanent stat boost or the ability to buy things or to equip things that will be a permanent upgrade to your character each run. And so that's how it meters out the story a little more during each loop when you upgrade things. But it also adds different options like crafting new materials, because a lot of the plots you need to take materials from your run in order to buy the plots of lands, which will then better enable you to succeed in the next run.
1: Uh, I haven't played this, but Jeremy has uh did you have any uh... i've
3: i've played it but i haven't gotten to a boss yet
2: so i haven't played it long enough to i guess to have invested enough time but i was liking it so far you know i my game of the year last year was uh conscription or sorry i see i don't even remember the name of it inscription yeah uh, was was my game of the year last year and it, it didn't come out technically for all systems but it came out on the switch last year it really pulled me in and i'm not I never considered myself to be super into card games, but the ones I do like, I get really into. So uh, I played this one, and or I played Inscription and loved it, so I just kind of bought this on on a whim. It was on sale, and mm-hmm. I've played a little bit of it, but I've just been so overwhelmed by
3: it. I mean, I would even see it less as a card game and more as a board game yeah that that's really the viewpoint you could take it in and it it latched on to me pretty tough the the only downside of playing it the way i am right now is that it's not on the switch because this is the perfect kind of like i want tv on the background i'm just going to do this sort of casually
2: (laughs) so are you playing it on game pass pc or do you have an xbox
3: uh, I've done an Xbox, okay. and, and so it's it's there. I, I know that it works on Game Pass PC as well. There's been mm. once where I've taken this crappy old laptop we have and, and popped it on there, and it's such a low intensity game that mm. it works pretty well there. Uh, prefer with it on a controller because it runs it. The UI does not seem to like using a mouse and keyboard. It's just slower to try to select things in it. It's kind of odd, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or maybe I'm just slowing it. I don't know.
1: Do you, but, do you have a backbone for your phone? You could uh, play it on there.
3: <laughs> not at this moment. Although I've been fed advertisements lately for it. I, I got.
1: I I actually turned them off because I already bought one. But uh, mm-hmm. the advertisements. But no, I bought one a couple of weeks ago, and I've been having a lot of fun just playing Apple Arcade games and uh, and just a PlayStation 4 remote play with it, and it works great. I I was I was curious as to you know. I'm like, does it... Because I've heard that you can like, even if you don't have an Xbox, you could just get game pass and just play stuff on your phone like with the with the mm-hmm. with the backbone which i thought about doing but i'm like you know i got enough shit i don't need that right now and I, and i don't want to pay the money if it's not going to work even though i've seen videos of people saying that it totally works like where like where like whether you all, i think all you have to do is make an account and pay for it or whatever and then you can and there i have the app already that's the game pass app and it'll show you everything you can get on it or whatever but you just have to mm-hmm. but you can't buy it through the game pass app you have to do it like separately or whatever
3: if, if i understand right the, the way it would work on the phone is that you'd have to install install the x cloud app but it's really not an app it's a browser mm-hmm. and it would run through that so i am yeah i imagine to work you just still need that stable internet connection right which sure, yeah. is, is it- probably probably true for any game if you're my console is
2: is your home console or PC like uh streaming it to your phone, or is it actually running natively on the phone or through the browser, like a, in a cloud way? I guess
3: for the x cloud stuff, it's through the browser. Yes, I, guess, I just, said, just said cloud,
2: so it's probably like cloud based, not yeah, yeah, depending for, on for, your because like with the PS5 remote, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but yeah, you have your PS5 is literally shooting that signal to you mm-hmm.
1: that's what that's why i was uh that's why i said last week that you have to hardwire it otherwise it doesn't work very well <laughs> at least that's what i did i bought an ethernet specifically so so i could play it remotely now it works like a fucking dream like it's it's great
3: i remember a lifetime ago i had a playstation 4 and a vita and, and oh, it yeah. was a fun it was a fun toy but it, it let me tell you it's hard to play destiny on that thing I never played
1: Destiny, so I don't know. But but I played. I mean, I played Last of Us on my phone, like with that backbone. It was great. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, amazing. it wasn't like I don't feel like there's a delay at all in it. I played Street Fighter on there. I played Street Fighter Four, and it was like super super snappy. So you've
3: got my attention now. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> it, all. All I had to do was plug it, it directly into the modem, and then it was like, and then it worked like a charm. But trying to play it off the Wi-Fi, didn't work very well. So once I hardwired it, it worked great. And I actually did it. I talked about it last week, but I, I was on a job in Indianapolis. And I played my PlayStation Four from the hotel in Indianapolis off of my phone, and it was awesome. I played Yakuza Zero in a, in a fucking hotel room for like for like four hours off of my phone in the backbone, and it was, it was rad. And it was great. It's it's it just blows my mind how well it works. You know, well, I I had to connect to the Wi Fi in the hotel, but I mean, it worked great. I had no problems at all. So it was
3: spot on. So yeah, that's Loop Hero. Uh, the only thing I'll mention very Twitch is. It's sports season. My kids are both into baseball, so I find myself using my phone more often. And I was recommended a game called Retro Bowl.
1: That's the football one, right?
3: Yeah, it is. I it played is. that
1: game. It's great.
3: Yeah, I'm aware it came out on Switch, but it's apparently also on uh mobile. And so I installed it. And man, if you like old school football games and you want a lot of things you can tweak and have a. Uh, franchise mode and it, it's good stuff and, and the interface is really cool so everything is swiped by your finger and so when you uh are about to hit a play and you start by holding on to the quarterback and swipe backward it gives you that kind of mini golf cursor thing going on about where it's gonna mm-hmm. head towards and it it simulates the idea of playing like those batted days really well in that way because you have to actually keep track of your play uh figure out where your player is going to go to the swing it you can even have it to where you swipe with two fingers and it'll be more of like a, a really rocket of a throw towards the receiver uh the the running itself it, it works pretty well all things considering with the limitations you got sort of the strafes and dives he'll sort of juke or uh stiff arm people as he runs by the running back if uh i'm not sure if it's randomized or if it's just based off of stats and then uh it just, it, I'm, I'm very impressed with how small a package it is and how tight it is. Um, it's, it's, I, would, I would say it
0: takes more from tech mobile or, or Madden tech mobile
3: tech mobile, definitely aesthetically. Yeah. And in terms of like the complexity, it's really not complex at all.
1: And it, uh, it's, it's also like, um, it's, you know, it's kind of like a super blood hockey. Like it has a whole, like, you know, it has like a story mode where you, you're a coach and you have to. You know, I remember at the very beginning of the game, it asked you like, "What team would you like to coach for?" And I said the Chicago Bears. You know, and they're like, "Well, you know, maybe let's like let's give you the whatever the talent, whatever the Florida team is." That's what they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Well, here, have this one." You know, cause the and I'm like, "Well, the Bears are pretty awful too." You could have given me they couldn't them to me at the beginning, but you know, they're supposed to give you a bad team and then you try to work through that. But yeah, there's all this like RPG mechanics in there, like trying to like keep your players happy and like, you know, try to build the best team and all that. And it was, it was really cool. And and on the Switch one, I think I mentioned this when I first got it, you can play it with the NES controller, like with the, with the wireless one, like specifically, cool. and, it, and it'll pair to it and all that. I know it works with that and the Super Nintendo controller specifically. So if you want to be like, feel like you're playing an old school version of it, you can like with that. So mm-hmm. I, thought that, I thought that was really cool as well. Even though I, I don't think, you don't get to play defense at all, right? It's
3: only, it's only plays. No, yeah, you're right. It's only yeah. offense. They I thought that simulate was kind of weird. The defense, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they simulate the defense stuff. I'm guessing just based off team stats and, and mm-hmm. character sheets that they've got there. Seems like a weird omission, but it still works pretty well in spite of that. Very, very impressed by that game. A, a really good pick up and play when you have when you're stuck somewhere like a, a baseball game in, t- in between innings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, so
1: yeah, I mean, football is the only sport that I really like and it's and i'm kind of you know i i wish madden games are always way too complicated for me they've been for years like i've never been able to play any of those games even as much as i've tried to you know and yeah the only game i could really play was like tech mobile like one that had like only like two plays or whatever it's like i can do that i don't want to look through like 50 plays and this game really spoke to me in that way where it was like dummy down enough where i could me a fan of football could actually play a football game and not feel like i have 100 plays to look through and this is ridiculous i don't know how to play this game you know like i wanted mm. something that was a little bit more simplified and I thought it worked really well for that, and it's got to—it's. I was gonna say it's got to be free on phone or something, right? Because I think I got it for like three bucks or something. That on Switch, it's like so cheap. Like it was it, less it than five dollars. I phone. think. Yeah,
3: it's free on phone. You can pay about a buck to unlock more of the features. Uh, I went ahead and did that just because within a a couple days time i've already done my money's worth out of it and i'm sure i'll keep playing uh but high recommend on that out of those three this week loop hero's gotta be the one for my pick of the week it's just it's captured me in a way that a lot of games don't and it is the game that i feel like i have to beat sometime soon otherwise it'll stick in my brain
1: i'm really intrigued by loop Hero. i was just a I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but when you compared it to, like, a board game, like, that intrigues me more, because I love board game, video game stuff, so maybe I'll... And also, it's like, you know, I have too much shit, and not enough time to play any of it, and and Tears of the Kingdom's coming out in two days. It's like, why I mean, it's very
2: much like (laughs) your... It's kind of like you're a god more than you are the character. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like dictating what happens and sort of watching them IRL so. If you like that sort of thing, you might like it. I probably will. I have to get it
1: later when I don't have 10 other games to play. But speaking of speaking of board games on board games video games, uh, I bought Dokupon Kingdom Connect, which just came out this week and uh, if for anybody who knows that was uh, it was on PlayStation 2, it was remade or it was re-released on Wii after that. It was an incredibly expensive game that I've been wanting to play for years like 15 years or whatever since it came out. And it's a, it's like, and it's like, what if Mario, what if a Mario party met dragon quest or something like that? Like that sort of thing where you can, uh, It's like, it's like a multiplayer RPG and it like goes and and apparently it's like a, it's like a full like 20, 30 hour campaign thing. I know uh, Jeremy said you had played this before with your old roommate and that the game kept going and that's the idea is it is the actual, like from what I heard from like the full campaign, it's around like 20, 30 hours. So you got to be dedicated to it. But I think uh, I tried playing it by myself last night, single player, and I just got my ass kicked by the computer. (laughs) They were just beating the shit out of me.
2: Is there a difficulty levels you can choose on the? Yeah, game? I
1: just did it on normal. It's, it's the, the the thing that sucks about it is the game doesn't really tell you much about what's going on, so you have to kind of like search around the internet to find. I watched a Nintendo World Report did like a review on it, and I watched theirs, and they, there was a bunch of stuff they said that I had no idea that you could do that even from playing the game, you know. So, uh, so yeah, it was like, uh, but it but it's it, it's it has a lot of potential as for something that Jess and I can play together as like a co op thing because you can play with just two players, and if you know, and and if you land on the same spot, you know, you're supposed to fight each other but you don't have to you can like surrender and not like you know steal the money of the other person and you could treat it more like a like a multiplayer co-op thing and then just try to play the whole game through but i've been it's been a game i've been wanting to play forever i remember ever got a great review on ign like way back when and it's been like I don't know, always over a hundred dollars, something, maybe two hundred dollars for the Wii Wii version. It was always incredibly expensive, and I got it for forty bucks on Switch, so I was fine with that. Versus like the multiple hundreds of dollars that I would have had to pay to get the get the used version. And you can play it online. Uh, I tried hopping online. There was really nobody on there. Like you can search for random people, but but it's like who's you know how do you jump into somebody's thing that's like a 30 hour campaign or whatever you can do like shorter versions where you can uh, cap it off at a certain amount of weeks and whoever has the most money at the end wins like that sort of thing you can do smaller versions that are like a couple hours long but yeah I was uh, I was just playing through the story mode and I just looked at the map and it's like a whole world and I was like oh my god like there's no way I'm gonna get to all this shit it's like it just like pulls back and there's this huge ass map with like six or seven different kingdoms on there and I'm like oh fuck all right but but the good thing is you can save you can save whenever you want. So I mean you can just kinda piecemeal it together if you have a you have a buddy or a or a partner or whatever that you wanna that you want to play like a multiplayer RPG board game type thing. You know, it's good for that. And it's yeah they kinda like you pick you pick your class and they throw you right into it and you like you land on shops and if you land on a space that doesn't have like a shop or whatever there, you automatically get attacked by something and then you have to fight it in that way. And the battles are kind of like uh, they're sort of like a rock paper scissors sort of thing. Like if you um, like there's a strike move you can do that's a, that's like a heavier attack. But but if they counter that, then they'll completely move out of the way and hit you, and they'll hit you for way more damage. Or if like you you know, or if you if you defend, or if you just defend against it, it'll just it'll just you know have a little bit less. Less of the damage, but you'll still get hit. You know, it's like st- stuff like that. So I didn't realize because I was just using using the strike ability the whole time, and I was like, "What's bad about this?" But I never got countered, and I tried to counter against like a regular attack, and and that didn't help me. So and and you kind of like you uh, at the beginning, you uh, you basically pick a card, and it'll say whether you get to attack first or or second and you can kind of move them back, you can shuffle them back and forth like before you pick one, and that sort of thing. But it's really intriguing for anybody who wants to play a really long online game with your friends or something like that, <laughs> you know. If a GG Radio needs some more um, needs some more content for uh, for streaming, that's a good one to play on play for long lengths on- online. And I'm glad that it's finally on the Switch, you know. It's finally available Somewhere. You don't have to pay like $200 to get it. So,
3: so Yeah, I always cool. like seeing like unique tapes on that board game kind of stuff. Cause like you said, Mario Party's there. This is definitely an interesting tape with the sort of RPG combat stuff. I remember on the Weed there was one, uh, Fortune Street.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Fortune Street. Fortune Street is awesome.
3: That was one I was always curious to find, but uh, never really got around to it. And I, I think it's tough to come by now. But uh,
1: I, yeah, I don't know what it's worth now. But if you can find it for a decent pl- price, I say, get it it's uh during the pandemic i became a big huge fortune street fan i actually beat the game on single player
2: that's the one that's from dragon quest right
1: yeah this the yuji hori game which has dragon quest characters in it well in the fortune street one on Wii, actually has dragon quest characters and nintendo characters in it together so it's pretty cool but it's yeah once you figure out how to do it like you basically have to buy property but you have to like stack the properties and like make the stocks rise and whatever you can just totally mm-hmm. dominate on this on the single player once once you figure out the way the game works like it's it's a lot of fun and it gets and it gets pretty much like where it's like I don't want to if I land on anything I'll go completely bankrupt <laughs> like what the fuck you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're playing with people who know how to play it's like that's basically what it ends up being. It's like Monopoly to the extreme. And I don't even like Monopoly. I think that's a boring-ass game. But uh, Fortune Street is fun. Fortune Street
0: on <laughs> Wii goes for uh, 35 27 Yeah, I, don't, oh, I was going to say, bad, I, I don't actually. think it's
1: probably that expensive. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that.
3: That's complete. All right. It's on my list. <laughs> Thanks.
1: I wouldn't expect it. I mean, you can download it on your phone for free, too. I mean, Fortune Street is... I downloaded a Fortune Street game like when I was trying to figure out how to play the Wii version. I see some people on eBay selling it for... Yeah, there's some 35 with $5 shipping, so 35 to 40 Some of them are 50 But it's, you know, it's worth it. And it was a... You can't play it online anymore, but the Fortune Street, when it did come out, they kind of blew Mario party out of the water because they had way more boards than mario party had they had like online play like you could play with random people like you could do all this shit on the wii version when it came out it was kind of like whoa like this is way more than any of the mario parties have done so far but you can't play it anymore because there's no internet on wii unfortunately but it had a shit ton of online of online capabilities for the time which is really impressive but yeah no i uh yeah that i that was what i did during the pandemic was teach myself how to play fortune street which it, it takes a while but once you figure out the way to do it it can be it can be real fucking fun like i said i beat the game so it was uh And you have to, like, you know, you have to go through the single player mode to unlock all of the different maps and stuff like that and the different characters. So that's part of why I was doing it too. But speaking of beating things, I beat Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed. Wow. Probably the best DLC of all time for Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you play the Xenoblade games at all, Joel, but you should because they're wonderful.
3: I had the first one. And part of why I felt like it was good to go back to my roots is because. I am a little challenged by the active stuff when, mm-hmm. when it comes to the active RPGs. And it I understand the concepts of Xenoblade Chronicles. It's very MO, MMO-ish in mm-hmm. that kind of way. But the way you had to select different menu items with the trigger buttons always felt a little clunky to me. Uh, so I took a break from it. Still planet plane. It
1: well it's different now. I mean well the first one I do like the first one, but I feel like they made the battle system a lot better in mm-hmm. two and then even and then even better in Torna after that. Like the DLC like the Torna DLC is really was really, really good. I'd say that was the best DLC before Future Redeemed. Because they just like they they've just been tweaking on the system and tweaking on it, tweaking on it. now it's just like I don't know. It, it feels it feels so good now. Like it's. I, I feel like they've killed it. And yet it took me. It, what it took me like I don't know five Xenoblade games to finally figure out how to do the fucking the whatever the real time battle. But but now I fucking love it. Like I feel like they perfected it. And it's just like they're just knocking them out of the park. Like really. Like this last one was just like so good. And it was it was a little bit on the shorter side, as in it's like thirty hours and not like hundred and fifty hours or whatever like the other ones are, which is great. It was a great like thing to finish before Tears of the Kingdom came out. But I kind of I kind of fell in a rabbit hole of a uh, Xenoblade stuff just because I loved that I loved that one so much like Future Redeemed that I kind of just like fell into the rabbit hole of looking at because that at the end of the game like last last week we had a uh, Hutch on here uh, our Xenoblade fanatic uh, to talk yeah. about it and it, I w- actually wouldn't have known a lot of this stuff but it it basically calls back like Xenosaga and possibly Xenoblade Chronicles X like at the end there and I don't think I would have noticed it if Hutch hadn't said it but there was one word that was on the radio. Because you, cause you, like, at the end part, like, this is, you, I, it's, like, not really even spoilers because it's not going to make any sense at all if you haven't played it. You end up in, <laughs> like, this, you end up in this village at this cul-de-sac with all these houses. And there's a radio that's, like, just, like, talk radio that's, like, talking about shit. And there was one, and there was one one word in there that I recognize. It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, Saviorville or something like that. And I was, like, that's really familiar. And that was from Zeno Saga. One, which I've actually played on PlayStation 2 once, and I hated it, and I took it back. But I ended up buying it again, so I'm going to play it next week. (laughs) I bought it on eBay for 20 bucks, so I'm like, you know what? I'll give it another try, because I like Xenoblade Chronicles so much. That I feel like I need to play the other games, but yeah, no. If I didn't know, I wouldn't really because they like they play a song on piano, I guess, which is a Xenosaga game, song also. I didn't really recognize it, but there was I recognized one word in the on the radio. It's like okay, and then there's like a little post credits thing where there's like an Earth and you see a little like dot like coming down to Earth, and it's super vague. Nobody knows what it is, but everybody thinks it's either like Cosmos coming to the new world or it's like uh, Elma or whatever from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X because they were going to find a new world at the end of that game also. So it's like, that's, that's the big thing. But yeah, I kind of, I found like some YouTube channels that just kind of dig into the Xenoblade lore and I've just been kind of, that has been like my dinner, my, my, my dinner TV time or whatever. When I'm having lunch, I'll just like, I'll be like, all right, well, let's see, uh, let's see what this is. And, but yeah, the end, the ending really intrigued me. Yeah. And it was an awesome game. Like I, I went through there's in this one, they've done the best way to basically like every Xenoblade. You get experience points for finding locations, you know, and all these different things like experience points for finding locations, fighting super bosses and unique monsters and stuff like that. But this one, they actually made it more important. Like if you if you find a certain amount of locations, you get points that you can use to like upgrade your characters. So you want to like go and find every monster and defeat every monster because that will give you extra points that will build up each character in whatever way. So they did a really cool job at that. And there's like five or six different things that you have a percentage on. And I got 100% on exploration, so I found all the locations. And I got 100% on the the affinity scenes, that's basically where you find something. It's similar to the the heart-to-hearts, as they call them in Xenoblade Chronicles 1, where you basically walk up to a thing and hit a button, and they'll talk about the location that they're at and what it means to them or whatever. And I also got 100% on the collectopedia, which is basically you collect a certain amount of things, and you turn it into the game, and it gives you points to upgrade your characters with or whatever. And then I got over ninety percent for the other things. Like in order to beat everything, there's like super bosses. I have to go try to find every enemy in the game and beat them all, which I might do because I love playing the game so much. But I need to. I need to grind. I'm like I ended up being. A, I ended with a level sixty one. All my characters are level sixty one, and I was at thirty hours. And I think Hutch made it in like twenty two hours or something like that. So I went. So I went a little bit farther. But but I was trying to complete everything. But I was just eventually. I just was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just gonna go fight the boss. But no, it's um. I'm sure you've heard plenty of people tell you about the greatness of Xenoblade, but if you can make it through one, I think they, I think they get better. Two, well, two is you know two is kind of give or take, but three, three is great. I would, I would argue that Xenoblade Chronicles three is one of the best RPGs on Switch, and that, and I would, there's two RPGs that I think are the best RPGs on Switch, and that's Dragon Quest eleven and Xenoblade Chronicles three. Those are my two in the what room. About in there. Well, Lacrimosa. I mean, that one's in there too. That'd be my top five of E's eight. Lacrimosa of Donna. I like that a lot too. But I mean, I would put. I mean, I think Xenoblade Chronicles Three is a contender for the best for the best JRPG on the Switch. It's really good. The characters are great. The story's great. The battle system is great. It's all great. This one, and uh, they do it in the other one as well. There's like a whole system where it's like uh, where it's like break topple um, launch, and then it's either slam or burst. And now you have these unity moves that you can do when you build up your characters to a certain amount of level. And you can, you can switch you have six characters and depending on which of them go together, they all do different moves, you know, like depending on how you connect them. And I was using uh Matthew and Shulk. Matthew's like the great grandkid of Noah from Xenoblade Chronicles three. And, uh, him and Shulk would do this uh, burst move called Monado Crash. And it's basically like a giant explosion and it like will hurt a whole bunch of people. And for the first time I could do like a move that would hit like ten other people at the same time in Xenoblade. I don't think I've ever done that. And I just did it like crazy. Like that was just like using that move constantly and it was so much fun. That was, that was, my thing that I was doing. And then there's these parts where you have to fight like multiple guys at once. Like you'll go into a camp and there's like 20 enemies or whatever. And you have to like basically beat all of them without leaving the camp. And then you get an extra uh, experience thing for that. And it basically made, I was thinking, I was like, you know, this feel, this kind of feels like a, like a Xenoblade Warriors game. Like if they made a game like this, like a Muso game with the Xenoblade characters and they just brought them all from all the games, I would totally buy that just because I was having so much fun just beating the shit out of people in this. And uh I was having so much fun with it that I went back to uh you know the the holy the holy of holies Xenoblade Chronicles X on Wii U. I went back to playing that game again. Did you really? I did. Yeah. I totally did.
2: I thought you were just fucking with me. You oh, really did.
1: Oh no, no. I've been playing it. I played it I played it like for I played it for like 5 or 6 hours. I started oh playing. God. I started playing on Monday, actually, but I've been playing it every night. I played it last night and I played today too. But yeah, I, I got back into Xenoblade Chronicles X because that's like the untouched one. That's like the one that's like the whatever the one the thing in the distance. The only game that I haven't beaten of the Xenoblade Chronicles games is X, and that's the Wii U game where you're on a planet and you're you know has a killer soundtrack. <laughs> to some,
3: that always seems to be on the list of like games from the Wii U we want to see ported to the Switch.
1: Yeah, it's one of the few. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few that never made it to the Switch. Probably because it's a very complicated game, and you totally need the two screens. Like I, I couldn't imagine playing it without the two screens because you need you need the map on the bottom, and you can warp like through the through the controller, and and you have to check all your shit on the map, and you can set up mining probes. Like it's such a it's such a complicated ass game. It's a really hard game to stop playing for like six years,
2: and then try to come back to again. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh man, so much has changed since I played. But Game I
1: was, uh, I, I was determined. I was determined to figure it out. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and try to figure out how to play Xenoblade Chronicles X again. And I'm oh, still wow. kind, I'm still kind of trying to work through it. And it's very, it's very convoluted. And like the cutscenes are kind of drab sometimes. And that one, there's one lady that keeps talking about eating the nopon, which gets really annoying really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember that, like, it's talking about eating eating that uh, character, which the nopon they've got so much more respect now. At the later Xenoblade games. But that one, they're just kind of shitting on them the whole time.
2: They're basically like Korok Moogs. Or Korok Moogles. Yeah.
1: But I but I actually progressed in the game, finally. I've been stuck on Chapter 10 forever. And I beat Chapter 10, finally. So I actually went back and beat the level that I've been stuck on for like six years. So Holy crap. So I did actually... Do something with Xenoblade Chronicles X, so that's pretty cool.
2: And I went back that's and
1: weird. I I uh I figured out how to unlock the level fifty scales, like the really the really big ones. I guess you have to invest in the in the property or whatever that make them, and you have to get them to a certain level, and that's how oh. you get that's how you get the bigger ones. But they're like two million dollars, so uh, I can't afford them yet. But I've been like you know just catch just getting a bunch of items and selling all the items that I have that are worth more. And I've been I, I basically just went through and uh. And marked all the easy quests and I've just been going and doing the bounty ones that I can just knock out in a couple seconds, you know, and get the money for that. And yeah, I've just been, and I've been going through trying to do the affinity stuff because I beat 10 and now I got to do 11 and there's these affinity missions that you have to do with your characters before you can do the regular chapter missions. And your characters have to be at a certain affinity level before that. So it's really annoying. There's like just all these like stuff you have to do to play like the regular chapter levels, but I'm determined. I mean, I'm at least going to play it until Tears of the Kingdom comes out and I forget that every other game that
2: I have exists, But, but yeah, it's cool. You have a few days.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean I, I most not really cuz I just edit all day on Thursday. So, it's uh I don't really have.
2: You have a to, couple minutes.
1: I have like tonight. But it's, you know, it's it, it's a <laughs> it's it's a ridiculous game and it's uh it's cool to go back to. And I was as I was playing it, I was like I was like, "All right, well, what if I was you know what would I take from Xenoblade Chronicles X, like into a new Xenoblade game? Like what? What soundtrack. should they? What should they pull from X to put in four or whatever, or whatever the next like uh, sequel is going to be? And I was like, uh, I was like, well, um, yeah, definitely the sound. The the soundtrack is so like balls out, just weird. It's all like, it has lyrics and I guess even like the, even the creator like sung on some of those songs, I think is what I heard, uh, Takahashi. So, and I watched, and I watched this whole video about the history of Monolith and Takahashi and all that. And he's had his hand in a lot of things. Like he worked on Final Fantasy four, five, six, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy seven. Like he was in all those, he worked on all those games. Uh, he did the original design of the mechs, like the, the, the iconic mech scene in Final Fantasy six where they're walking over the mountains. In the very beginning, so like,
2: he like an wada type figure, who like
1: he did the uh, he made the mechs look like that. Oh, he was a big uh, graphic designer guy. Like he was like the he was the director of graph of the graphic design of uh, Chrono Trigger. So he oh, was okay. like a big major person on that.
2: Toriyama had nothing to do with it. So,
1: oh, I mean, Toriyama did like the designs of the characters. I know that yeah. like the way the
2: but it got turned into sprites. So yeah,
1: graphical sprites from the game. Like he he was involved with a lot of that. Yeah, he was. He worked in that. He did like a lot of the monsters from like Final Fantasy four and five and whatnot. And and he did. Uh, yeah, like I said, he worked in Chrono Trigger as well. And then he worked on seven. And I guess uh, when he got to Final Fantasy seven, he had a bunch of ideas that they just didn't let him do like as far as the story goes and that kind of like got him irritated and then he jumped off and did Zeno Gears after that and and then Zeno Gears was whatever that was and then he then he started his own company and did Zeno Saga and then you know later they were picked up by Nintendo and now we're in Xenoblade and all that. But it's really cool to see like his history you know and all the shit that he's done.
2: Zeno Gears was a square game though, right? It was, yeah. <laughs>
1: But but I they broke so. off from Square after after Gears because okay. there was, and I, I bought Xenogears Gears also. I bought it on PS3 because it because I was like it's going to go away right because I don't think it's, it's on PS1 PS5 game, right. It's a PS1 game. I could play it on my PSP also. I just really wanted to play it because the battle system looks really intriguing from what I've seen in videos. But yeah, it has this, uh, and, and, it's, and I think it was probably one of the first ones that were just like, hey, let's go kill God. You know, that's like the big story of it. It's very like, I think that I think that's where a lot of people were surprised that it came out here because it's very anti-religion and all that. Mm-hmm. I know like one of Takahashi's huge influences is uh, Nietzsche. So you see that in a lot of the different games and all that. But yeah, I just kind of fell in the Xenoblade rabbit hole. And
2: Do you think Nietzsche cool. would actually care? Probably not yeah it would go against his beliefs
1: but yeah i ordered i ordered xenosaga for ps2 and i got xenogears for ps1 also and yeah just been super into that and i also downloaded what the car for apple arcade
2: so i want to hear about this this is it's
1: the sequel to what the golf and it's great i like it a lot
2: It's so i'm thinking like when i see cars with arms or legs or whatever i'm thinking of them like attached to the wheels and still kind of like flopping around you know what i mean like stick it i mean out it's, of side.
1: if you ever played what the golf which you should if you haven't because it's great I haven't like played i any of those. loved that game it's basically like it's like WarioWare based around golf like what like what the golf is the anti golf game that's why i love it and I, I love golf games but i love weird games also and and what the golf is just like let's just take the premise of golf and just make it as weird as we can so it's like sometimes you're hitting a ball, or sometimes you're hitting the golfer, or like sometimes you're hitting the arrow, or you know, like they just try to make these weird levels. This is kind of the same how this is. It's, a, it's like here's a car. All right, we'll take the wheels off. Now the car has legs, and the car and the car's walking around. You yeah. know, and you push a button. Well, I use the I, I use the uh, backbone for it. So you hit a button to walk, and then you move with the joystick. But on the act it's actually pretty playable on the iPhone without that because there's just a little. uh steering wheel that you just move with your thumb on the touchscreen and there's just a button that you press to either accelerate or honk the horn or whatever. That's kinda of how what the golf was, where it's basically like you got you got your movement and you got a button. It's just that's all it is. It's just an analog stick and a button. And that's and that's the whole game. It's a one button game, like
0: I said, very that's why it's very much like WarioWare. It's doing the same thing, the racing games that that uh, what golf to go off, do golf games subverting Kinda. expectations that's what they're wanting what a yeah. racing game is yeah
2: but i think they're just i think at this point i just feel like they're subverting expectations in general like
0: it's not really a racing
1: game though do. it's just basically you're in a car thing and you'll have different things be your wheels or your car will be different things like like one of my favorite levels is basically frogger except you're a car now and there's frogs that are trying to run over you and it's hilarious <laughs> and that's what it is it's like instead of the regular frogger where you're trying to cross the street and the cars are going to get you now you're a car And there's frogs that are going to run over you. And it's the same thing. you got to cross the street as a car. It's so simple, but it's just so great. You know, like that sort of thing. Or there's one where... Where your wheels turn into office chairs, and mm. you're a car with office chairs under you, and you, it's really hard to turn because it kind of like has the physics of like an office chair on the bottom of a car or whatever. It's shit like that, or like you have like a big like stretched limo car, you know, like that. Sort so it's of basically thing,
2: Cheers you know? the Kingdom before <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's a super wacky, hilarious what game, the Zelda? and, and I, 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 I like it. Yeah, I would love a What the Zelda game. That'd be funny. But no, I mean I really, I really like what the, the Zelda? Switch. I really like the Switch game. I like, I like What the Golf when it came to Switch, and I'm sure What the Car is going to come to Switch eventually. And it's funny because I saw that article saying that there was a new Turtles game on Apple Arcade, and then I went to Apple Arcade and looked for the Turtles game, and I was like, "Ooh, what the car? What's that?" And then I just downloaded that and then just played that, and never touched the Turtles game because <laughs> the car because the car game just you know that was that was that, and I put I put a good like six hours into it. It was it's a great editing game. I was just playing it while I was editing. Yeah. It's, all, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm
3: surprised how that service has grown. Apple Arcade is has a good robust library actually if you have a netflix subscription there are netflix games and they've got a decent chunk of games including into the breach
1: yeah i saw that i was wondering if my uh, now that i have the backbone i was wondering if my backbone would work with the netflix games but i haven't tried it yet because i know you can do like shredder's revenge and stuff like that on there too
3: yeah i saw that too i i would not want to play that with touch controls
1: that's what I'm saying. I'd rather I'd rather play it with the Backbone, but yeah, no. I I I bought it, I got a new phone like a like a couple of weeks ago, and it came with three three months free of Apple Arcade. And I also bought a a Backbone controller so I could play my PS4 remotely. You know, so it's just they kind of like came together. And actually, you know, I if they keep adding shit like this often on Apple Arcade, I'd 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 play I'd pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. like because I have Horizon Chase Turbo Two on there, which is like one of my favorite racing games. Speaking of racing games, and like between that and what the car and like. Uh, Pocket Card Jockey and like Easy cummies of Golf and all these other games that I really like it might be worth keeping it because it's only like five bucks a month. You know if it keeps if they keep churning them out like that, I would pay for it. Yeah. But if you have Apple Arcade, check out What the Golf. It's a or what <laughs> I think What the Golf is on there too. Check out that, but also check out What the Car. Yeah, it's just a in the first couple like the first minute of the game, it basically sends you through like one level where they where they add a bunch of weird shit to your car and it kind of gives you an idea of what the game's going to be like later. It's like, all right, so what if you were in a car that was had like feet all the way around it? So it's like a it's like a wheel of feet that you're like rolling around on. Or what if you did a car that had like giant arms and you're moving like that? Like this very first level it just basically shows a bunch of different cars that you'll see later, and that's just the opening pre credits thing, and then you go to the regular thing. And there's also there's user created content too. You can make your own levels, you can play other people's levels, so it's uh what the car plus uh Mario Maker in there a little bit as well. So every almost every level you play you get to play a user created level after that if you want to, you don't have to. But you can also create your own stuff and put it out on the internet and you can get comments and people can like your stuff or whatever and yeah, there's a lot to do with it. That was one of the ones I was hoping to beat before uh Tears of the Kingdom, but I got distracted by my Xeno Saga stuff. Or Xeno whatever stuff. So that's kinda what happened there. But that's that. Do you need to take a break? Well let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about more games and our topic and news and whatever else welcome
2: just go to patreon.com slash main podcast and hey mario
3: let go whoa, 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 whoa. he's throwing us back to the show so long gay eh, bowser ah! ah,
1: patreon.com slash nintendo podcast
2: game over
3: And we're stuck on a whole different planet No peace looking at the sky Trouble's always all around So we stay quick with the guns and cannons Standing as long as we can Until we get all dolls up Then call our bets off We'll blow the guitar Dealing with lives messed up On the secret All
1: right, uh, so we're back from the break. And there's one thing before you say your stuff, Jeremy. I I guess I... I So anyway,
2: my stuff this week.
1: (laughs) No, I just forgot. uh, I was trying to say the things that I wanted to bring in from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. And I only said... The soundtrack but the soundtrack is great uh, i would also love to see those uh the skells be redone because they've never really brought the big mechs into there and uh if you played any of the other takahashi games like he has a big obsession with mechs like there's mechs in uh xeno gears and xenosaga and all that and they're kind of as much as i love like the Ouroboros stuff from xenoblade chronicles 3 i miss having that the big fucking mech that you can get into and you can just fly over the whole world and and that hilarious song about the gold mine and all that that comes on while you're doing it, it's just, uh, it's something. And th- there could, I mean, there could be stuff they could salvage from it if they did, like, remake it. Like, just make it a little bit easier. Like, in this one, if you want to switch out any of your party members, you have to find them on the map. Like, you can't just, like, do it, like, like from your base or whatever, which is incredibly annoying. And there's, like, I 12 characters or something, so you have to remember where they are and you have to go talk to them and ask them to join your party again and blah, blah, blah. Not to mention, like, the, yeah, the world is huge and they, they could just do, like... If they could condense some of that, it would be cool.
2: There's so many different sized monkeys.
1: Are there? Probably.
2: They're just all different sizes.
1: Mm.
2: You eventually fight giant ones on your mech, but they're the same monkey. There's giant
1: Oh yeah, but that monkey that monkey's in all the games. <laughs> the giant monkeys, you always see them.
2: Oh, gotcha. It's sort of a an unofficial mascot.
1: They they also did some really cool stuff with online at the time where you can like you know, you could like pull other players into your game. Like I don't think it was real time, like Dark Souls, but you could like find another person that had a higher level than you and you could have them join your party. Like you're to, like to hiring go, them. To, right? Yeah. You like kind of hire them. And I think that the computer controls them, but you could still like, and there was like a message board and stuff. I don't know if you remember, but like Xenoblade Chronicles X came out like around the time of like when Star Wars force awakens did. And I remember mm. people posting on the message board, like Han Solo dies, like on Xenoblade Chronicles X and like trying to spoil the movie instead of just letting the movie spoil itself. Like it did anyway. You know, I haven't so, seen that uh, yet. <laughs> no, you've seen it. It was the first one. It, I don't was, know. it was the first shitty one. But uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it, I just remember. I forgot that that you could that people got on there and like, they were like, "Oh yeah, it was Han Solo got killed at the time." But yeah, no, Xenoblade so Chronicles more like Han is, nomo is a that's a that's a game. It's a, no that's alive. a game. That's a game to behold. And alive no more. And last last week when we were talking to Hutch about how loud the PS4 gets when you turn it on, I think the Wii U is much louder if you're trying to play mm. it with it with a disc in it. Because I thought that somebody was like trying to get into my room, like while I was playing this game. Because it's like every time it loads something, it's like, and it sounds like somebody's like banging a hammer, like on the other side of the wall, like trying to get into your... It's, it's freaky. But yeah. What have you been playing, Jeremy?
2: Mostly I've been playing um, the PS5. I mean, that's probably no surprise to anyone who listened to the last episode. I figured that so. I, I mean, I'm still a new PS5 owner, and that's just kind of what I'm going on now. But I think it's good because I'm about to only play Switch, I think. Starting tomorrow, so (laughs) gotta give it, gotta give it an old, uh
1: gotta get your money's worth. I mean, you you, you'll come back to it, whatever. I mean, there's it's oh I'll be back. It's an early system, you know, whatever. You gotta play, gotta play Bloodborne 2 when it comes out on there. That's the newest rumor I've seen on the internet.
0: uh
2: I mean, yeah, I I want that DLC for Elden Ring, but I'll get there. So I did preload Tears of the Kingdom as I mentioned earlier. So I one way I've been doing it, even though I've been I haven't been playing. Breath of the Wild this week. I've been trying to listen to Zelda music whenever I think, to Just throw it on this. Zelda and Chill album that's on Spotify I really like. I like to listen to it at work. And then just, like, obviously the soundtracks from games. And there's just a lot of different things people have done, like where they've remixed it and had some fun with it. So just trying to stay in that Zelda mentality as I get ready to depart this moral plane for the tears of Kingdom World. <laughs>
1: The, uh, whoa, it's getting dark there. I was going to say, uh, you can also listen to the WART radio episode for the month. I think there's some Zelda stuff on there. I, I know. Would. I know there's the um, the theme in its entirety is on there for sure, which I just listened to the whole thing from, from that episode, and it's a, it's a banger. It's a good song.
2: But yeah, I mean, I'm just doing what I've been doing. Uh, Elden Ring, you know, playing through it on the PS5 now, and I'm all the way at, to the Altus Plateau, so I'm uh, getting ready to go to the capital, which is where you fight it's basically like the penultimate dungeon unless you do like the side stuff so i've just i've made like a lot of progress and i found my uh my favorite rune grind spot so like i'm up to like level 100 now and it's just it, all over again i'm just like op and i'm having a good time but um, i'm still stuck on the godskin noble before Rykar. like that thing fucks me up um we'll see how that goes this week but uh, it's just it's an addictive game for me and i i keep going back and forth Changing it from performance to um, graphics mode and you can go back and forth between the two whenever you want.
1: Is there and, a big uh, difference between the two of them I, that you know? There can be
2: a lot of slowdown if you leave it on graphics mode, which is crazy. Yeah, for was, the for like the PS5, which is like not, brand new, yeah. Yeah. But interior areas with a lot of action happening, like it's just rendering too much and it starts to slow down. And it's nothing that's gonna like ruin your gameplay necessarily, but it does start to do frame skips and stuff. So I guess maybe if you were like a really precise player, it might fuck you up or if you're fighting a boss, I suppose, but there would need to be a lot happening besides the boss. Um, So anyway, I don't know. I just, whatever. They're going to eventually let us know when the DLC is coming out and I'm going to, this is the file I will be using for that. Not my new game plus from the PS4, you know, not my first play, not my PC play. (laughs) So I just have an excuse to play it for this, but, I'll tell you the other game I've been playing a lot this week, and I've I'm at over seven hours now is Dark Cloud. I that game's still fun to me. I still like it.
1: I saw you were playing uh, a playing a PS2 game on PS5. That's the
2: way to do I've, it. I've been playing it like pretty consistently this week, uh, playing it every day. So you just going to dip into the dungeon, whatever you want, and try to collect the pieces of the town to rebuild it. And they're like they're called, um, what are they called geospheres? And you have this special a uh, bracelet that you wear that some like sage of time gives you after the world gets uncreated by a dark genie, everything gets thrown into the void. And then you're the only person that's kind of like rebuilding the world. It's very, yeah, it's very, uh, I don't know. It kind of makes you a God to a certain extent, but you've got someone else telling you what to do. <laughs> it's like even stronger. So, but yeah, you're basically like, I've gotten through the f- whole first area where I rebuild my hometown and I've gotten to the final boss in the cave, at least for that level. So I, I don't remember how many stages there are, because it's been 20-something years since I played this. But the next stage is, like, I have to beat the boss, obviously. And the first boss is the dragon cat-looking thing that you're riding around at the beginning of the game, like in the, uh, in the attract reel that plays when you start it. So I guess I'm going to tame him, or he's going to become my friend. But for now, he's killing the fuck out of me, and he's really strong. So I think I need to level up but I figured out how to sell items. The game's not super clear on how to do that. Maybe the if I looked at the manual it would tell me. How. Once I learned how to sell items I was able to level up and start having a lot more fun with it. So um I will say one thing this game has is breaking weapons.
1: Uh-oh. And even more obnoxious so than
2: Breath of the <laughs> Wild because they break and once they break they're gone forever just like Breath of the Wild but the thing is like you can put like collectible items into them to make them po- more powerful like stat boosting items like making them stronger against monster type enemies or ghost type enemies or you know certain like perks like that or uh buffs whatever you want to call it when you upgrade it once you use it enough and keep repairing it it starts to build up these other experience points just from you using it and not letting it break and every time you upgrade it to the next level, it absorbs all the gems you attach to it, they become a permanent part of its, like, um, makeup. So you could really make some really, like, broken weapons, I think, if you paid attention to your weapon and kept repairing it. But you fuck up and you don't repair the weapon, it's gone forever, and everything you put into it is gone forever. So that can happen super quick if you're fighting the wrong kind of enemy that's resistant to your whatever your. uh because you could also, like, determine the uh, the uh, affinity as far as what element it is and stuff. So, yeah, I'm finding a little more depth in this game that I forgot about.
3: With it the is... breakability, it, does it give you any sort of warning when you're on the cusp of it? Or... Yes,
2: it does, but oftentimes you're, like, I've been in the middle of a combo. It's like, your weapon's mm-hmm. about to break, and then whoosh, it breaks. Mm-hmm. But I got to the point where I can buy, uh, you can buy auto repair powder, and you can equip it in, like, a... a an instant slot that will cause it, kind of like a fairy in Zelda. It'll activate itself and keep your weapon from breaking, but it doesn't fully repair it. So you have to be careful. But I, all of my like quick items are all that auto repair powder, just because I really want to protect these weapons that I'm putting a bunch of time into, and it auto saves too. So it's like shit, <laughs> I fucked up.
1: Oh, oh yeah. So you, you can't go back to when the weapon. Was yeah. Together.
2: So it's kind of funny how old this game is and how it it just I, I have very similar gripes to it that i do with some modern games like
1: how old but I how don't new to it is at the same time it came out
2: in 2000 or, or it was a launch game for the ps2
1: it's old but new at the same time because it has yeah. the the weapon durability from breath of the wild in there which i guess that's like 6 years old so it's not that
2: but i've also gotten the to the point where i have um i could become other characters like it's not really a party but you have Essentially, like you could swap between different characters, and uh, you just have to unlock them. And I unlocked a cat character that it's like a human cat. It's a cat that turned into a human, True. not a human that was cursed to be a cat that you <laughs> turn back. A cat you turn into a human, and they're very confused because they're used to being <laughs> a cat.
1: There, there was a I forget what um there was a TV show that we watched on Hulu that Jess and I watched. It was like a superhero comedy thing. It actually was really cool. It was a British show, but. It's about like everybody in the world has superheroes, has superhero abilities, except for this one character. And uh, she meets a cat who is actually a person who who their super ability was to turn into a cat. But they've been a cat so long that they forgot how to be a human. So when they come back and.
2: Oh, wait, I remember that show. I watched that show, too. Did you watch it? Yeah, I
1: thought it was great. It was called like. uh,
2: It's like everybody's gotten their superpower except for her.
1: Extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You saw that? Yeah, I thought that show was cool. We watched the whole the whole the,
2: series. The, yeah the 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 cliffhanger at the end of the last season or the last episode is pretty uh pretty crazy. I wonder what happens next. I'm just saying, watch season two of that whenever it comes out.
1: <laughs> it just reminded me of the cat the cat guy. He was one of my favorite
0: characters.
2: Yeah.
0: Is Dark Cloud what? the 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 game where where it, it's like you can make your own RPG too? There's no. a PS2 game where you can. I'm I'm mixing it up with something. There's the a PS2 game called game RPG Maker. Yeah, it's well, not, not RPG Maker. There's another one where it's like you can play the game or you can also kind of like uh, build your own RPG. I forget what game that is. But I always thought that was Dark Cloud.
1: I, I always remember Dark Cloud because you always mention it whenever I talk about Dragon Quest Seven because they're both very similar games. Because in Dragon Quest Seven, it's the same thing. We have to rebuild. It's a little the
2: bit week. like bu- uh, Builders. Well, yeah, but I, you, think you have to, well, I mean, inspired by Seven.
1: Well, Dragon Quest Seven, the world is destroyed and you basically have to go back in time and put the world back together. Which I thought was the three D S version was really good.
2: All I'm saying is it holds up pretty good for being an old game and going back to it, like I've bought, you know, a lot of old games that I had. I felt like maybe I had rose tinted goggles about. But this one this one's just a solid, like somewhat relaxing time sink. You know, I would recommend it for anybody who likes the to kind of like create their own environment. It's got a sort of a like a, a sandbox area where you can create your village sort of how you want it to look, but also like if you want to get the best points you have to talk to everyone in the village and find out what their preferences are like one person might want to live near the windmill the shop owner wants to live near houses you know uh the fisher person wants to live near the pond so you just have to follow everybody's suggestions and set it up accordingly pardon me if you make yeah, if
1: you make everybody happy then you'll get more points that makes sense exactly
2: but yeah it's cool and um one of the things that was the funniest for me to remember. I, I I forgot about this because at the time I'd only played, I think the only rhythm game I played before this was probably Bust a Groove on the PS1. And that was at like a church lock-in sometime in high school. But I play this game like, you know, the summer after my freshman year of uh, college. And the boss battle, like certain boss battles are rhythm games where you're literally hitting buttons like as the music plays and you have to like... Mm the buttons are coming out of this cursor and you have to hit it at the right time triangle circle star circle or circle square circle square whatever like and um, I did really well on them because I know how to do that sort of thing but I just I didn't remember it at all like for some reason they were like let's have some of the boss battles be music rhythm games and it'll just won't make sense at all in the context but it'll be fun and at the, what they do how they take advantage of that is they like have like a camera circling around you and you're having this like epic battle that has all these extra animations that you don't actually see when you're playing and uh yeah it's a, it's it's a qte i think before they were a thing
1: yeah that was another thing i didn't miss was all the qtes that are in Xenoblade chronicles x forget <laughs> about those <laughs> they're not that bad you just have to press b at whatever time
2: but well, let me talk briefly about my uh, experience with remote play and i did not hardwire the ps5 to the network Mainly because I was just like, well, trade did that with this PS4, but surely I don't have to do it with this advanced console that's so much newer and has, you know, exponentially more power.
1: Does it have a better... Supposedly. modem? though? <laughs> I don't that, know. That I'm would just talking about...
2: I, I was just being really, like, sort of, like, you know, expecting too much out of it, I think, because I got it all set up on my... So I got a new phone. My phone's been broken.
1: I didn't even you know, know that. My,
2: well, know. it's not a new phone. It's a... Uh, it, The insurance, yeah, replaced the one I had. But yeah, it was it's been like messed up for a while. It won't hold a charge for more than like an hour or two. And I've just been making it work because I couldn't really afford to fix it. But it just like when I'm at home, it just sits on the charger. Also, the charging port broke, so it would only charge with the wireless charger that I luckily that I had bought back when I got the phone originally, but it charges really slow, so I can't really use it while it's on the charge. Anyway, whatever fuck that it's gone i got <laughs> another one i'm gonna pay this off and i'm gonna upgrade to a new model once i do but in the meantime i did try remote play
1: can you can you do it you can't do it through your phone service
2: well that's what i did i got i used my uh oh are you talking about get a new uh, one like a, yeah
1: yeah because like well i mean because like i got this for i didn't pay anything for this phone i just they just added an extra 10 bucks a month to I,
2: so yeah i'm ahead of you here uh my previous phone wasn't paid off even though it was fucked up i did have um insurance on it but there was a premium turns out once i actually filed the claim since i hadn't filed a claim in x amount of time they gave me some sort of discount on it it was it was weird but it ended up being like 120 bucks instead of like 300 which i thought it was going to be so it was a lot cheaper to do the claim but they also sent me like a refurbished phone so it's like it's not a new phone but Supposedly, it's fixed. Uh, the battery seems better. I was like, you know what? I can actually try the remote play on this. I wasn't going to try it on the other one because the battery would have died after like five minutes, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, I got it all hooked up, and uh, yeah, there's there's just a delay. It's not anything serious, and I know if I hardwire the PS5, maybe that'll change. But the delay is enough to where I tried playing Elden Ring. I was just going to see like, could I just play like. A spot where I'm like shopping or I'm doing something more like uh, executive that's not, you know, the actual gameplay. Like, if I could do that mobily while I'm taking my lunch break at work or whatever, cool. I'll like go buy some stuff at the shop or whatever. I just It's just a way to kind of still play the game, but not do the graph intensive stuff. And I could still do that, but apparently I have to be attacked. Uh, I have to be uh, on Wi Fi. I can't just use my mobile data for that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I I didn't even try that, but I read that you can't do it, so I've just been doing it through Wi-Fi.
2: I I haven't tried it. I don't know. I'll mess with it it a little more. I'm definitely not in any sort of camp where I want to buy a backbone controller, as cool as it looks. I basically found out you can just hook a PS4 or PS5 controller up to your phone. You don't need to buy that. And so I just hooked up my... I hooked up the blue controller I keep raving about on here that I played all the way through. Uh, Elden Ring on the PS4 with, I was able to hook that up to my phone, and it worked great, but yeah. The delay is just too much. I, I booted up a few different games. Nothing just nothing felt good. So I'm going to try hardwiring it, and I'll get back with the podcast next week or the week after, whatever. I actually do try to do that. Maybe 10 weeks because of Tears of the Kingdom, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try to hardwire it. It's it's actually located in a good spot in the house where I could probably get like a 15-foot cable and it would be okay. So I just need to buy that. I'm going to try it, but I just don't really see a place where I would need to use that. Like, I just want to play these games on my giant TV at home.
1: Sure. Um, but mine, mine, it, it never. when I was trying to do it over Wi-Fi, it didn't necessarily have a delay. It would just blink in and out. Like, the, the picture would blink in and out. So it was really hard to play anything on it because it wasn't really, it didn't have a constant feed. It would kind of just like go gray and then kind of come back and everything would be kind of blurred. And it was just like the graphics just looked bad. So it just wouldn't, it just didn't work quite right. And then I was like, and that's, and that's why I was like, well, I'll try hard wearing it. And then it was like day at night and day difference.
2: There's like some stuff I'm doing this summer and like early in the fall where I'll be away from home where I might give it more of a, more of a try, but as of now, there's no real reason to play my PS5. I just wanted to try it because you had talked so much about it. Sure. I want to at least give my opinion. And as of now, not a fan. And that's that? That's that.
1: All right. Well, do you want to move into the into the topic then?
2: Yes. Let's do it.
1: All right. So, uh, so I put a topic on the uh, Nintendo main community Facebook page. Or you can go there and uh, join uh, the last three people. I'm sorry that I just found out that you tried to join. I added you, though. It doesn't really send you a good whatever. It doesn't really let you know until way after the fact. But uh, I was I was thinking about it, you know. Uh, the Nintendo Switch, uh, They there was like a whole um, thing where they talked about like sales. And I guess the sales were like down 22% and all this stuff. And and, and, and you've seen uh, people put up uh, articles about like how there's not really anything left uh, from Nintendo, I guess all they really have through the rest of the year is, uh, we have tears of the kingdom. We got Pikmin four yeah. and like Pokemon DLC.
0: And that's like it. <laughs>
1: so and who, knows
0: what,
2: who knows what kind of fire emblem stuff? Well, probably yeah. DLC. I, I think,
0: you know, the question is, uh, you know, is, is is tears of the kingdom, the last big Nintendo game for the switch? I don't think so.
2: Let's
1: say, let me read no, what I like- actually, what is actually on there. This is what I put. This is what I put on the thing. Uh, Six years into the Switch's life cycle and on the cusp of the release of Tears of the Kingdom, is the system wearing out its welcome or does it still feel fresh to you? Do you think the Tears of the Kingdom is Nintendo's last big Switch release? I mean, from what I've seen about the, about the sales and about them saying, I don't know, it feels like they're like, okay, there won't be one this year, but there might be one next year. I don't know with with the whole thing with like there not being that much left, and with the especially the Xenoblade DLC being pushed all of a sudden before Tears of the Kingdom made yeah. me think that something was up. Like once I saw it, because that was supposed to be in December.
2: I would like Joel's opinion on this first, just because. Oh yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Go Joel's first. a guest, and I really want to kind of understand because we're Nintendo stands. You know, we're gonna. I think we give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt more. Maybe Joel does as well, but I just I'm interested. So, Adam, our I mean,
3: opinion out of my group of friends i'm actually probably the closest thing to a nintendo apologist uh so oh, no uh, i'll i'll <laughs> press it with that <laughs> i mean you bit. are on
2: the show it kind of makes yeah
3: sense. i i mean i grew up a, a sega kid but uh i was i was made homeless after uh dreamcast so nintendo became my yeah. second home uh i i think in terms of big flagship title to me it depends on what happens with metroid prime 4
1: Oh yeah, that one is. I just don't even consider that a game because it's because we've seen nothing from it. You know, right? It's so like right. I mean, you know. it's
3: you can just consider it vaporware. But you know, people are going to be angry if it gets delayed until whatever's next on on the Switch. Uh, yeah, but when, they'll get over it quick if it's great. Were, I mean, if they that is if
1: there was a Switch two and they're like, here's Metroid Prime Four. It's coming out when that comes out. I think that people would be fine with that. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I I, I think that Nintendo has as of late been a little more cagey about announcing things too far in advance right yeah. I mean it, it bit them with Metroid Prime 4 and it bit them with uh well Zelda in some ways although I think that was always going to take a while I, I might argue that the pandemic kind of extended things longer than they expected mm-hmm. but I also think the pandemic is part of why the switch has sustained itself so long too they got a real boon when everybody was stuck inside and needed something to occupy their time with animal um, crossing. Well, yeah, animal crossing. And you yeah, can live in,
1: in, in, when it's like such a toxic world with like, uh, you know, with like the cop shit and, uh, and, and all that, it was, uh, Animal Crossing was great. You can go to this nice place where people are actually, or animals, whatever, are nice to each other. No, There's no and, cops anymore, and, and not racist not and terrible. You know, yeah, the cops are gone. The cops of GameCube have been been taken out. So,
3: yeah. But, but I think uh, if the question to me is, do I think this will be the last bid flagship title for the Switch? No asterisk, but it might be the last bid one for me. Mm. So, I so would be the last big one for you. Right. I, I just don't know. I just don't know what I'd see in terms of big first-party Nintendo games that they would come out between now and, uh, presuming there is a successor sometime until the year 2024. The things I really would pine for are F-Zero. Although yes. right now I would only expect at best a GX remaster, which gives me Nintendo. I'm I'm happy to. There was a rumor. I think it's
2: called JetX.
3: There, there was a rumor about that, and I,
1: I, I, hope beyond hope that it's real. I would love, yeah. I would love, to, I would totally pay. I'd pay sixty bucks if I had to for a F Zero GX remake, because that mm-hmm. game, that game is so good, though. That's like, that's it, like S tier uh, video game right there.
3: You know, it, it's always seen as kind of a cop out because the sales are poor. But I remember somebody at Nintendo being asked like, "What's happening with F 0 and the answer is basically, "We don't know what else to do with it." <laughs> And it's like, you know what? GX kind of was peaked F-Zero.
1: Well, I mean, well, I mean, but don't forget, GX was a Sega game. Sega made mm-hmm. that game. So, I mean, yeah. that's why I, I felt like that was why it was so good was that they handed it off to Sega and let them do it. And, and they created this wonderful world around the characters with cut scenes and a story mode. And it was so damn good.
2: Yeah, it was basically like a really good arcade game that got like consoleized, right? Like to a certain extent.
1: Well, I mean, there wasn't could... there was the arcade version too. There's the AX, F-Zero mm-hmm. AX also.
3: That thing's nuts if you ever find one. Like the, yeah, they the have seat it... actually yeah. moves while you play.
1: They have it at Galp and Ghost. Yeah, we've all played it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. at the arcade oh, okay. in uh, Brookfield. That's it's around here, in Chicago. And, yeah, it's it's yeah, it moves. It's great, and you could you could uh, actually save stuff onto GameCube cards and all that at that time. Like it actually kind of was work you know reverses whatever i mean normally you know i would always say that like oh nintendo won't give up on the system blah 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 but it they've seemed they just seemed a little weird lately i just have a feeling that they're maybe they're kind of just like doing like what they did with the wii u and the switch maybe they do have big stuff but maybe they're just going to pull it back and just save it for like a big launch of the next thing that's what Mm -hmm. i think like i don't i don't expect there to be as big as, I know they got a fucking theme park in a movie or whatever, but that doesn't mean yeah. that they're going to make, I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto said that they're not making a new Mario anytime soon because he's been spending too much time with all these other shitty things that aren't video games, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it like, that interview. Uh, yeah, he that one. Well, I mean, because he was, he's, he said he was spending, it was like a few weeks, I don't know, it was like a month ago. He said he was spending too much time on the fucking, uh, uh, theme park to make, to make any new games.
0: Yeah. I feel like we're getting a new Mario. Not this I year. Think I, don't it think. Could, I think that could be a, a deflection. I think I think it's it's just been, it's been six years since the last Mario. Just like it was six years since the last Zelda. We're getting a Zelda right now, so I think before the Switch goes out, you know, that could be Christmas. It could be late next year.
3: We're getting a new Mario for the Switch. I think that, it's just that been would too be too long. I, it, that would be the big splash. that was my asterisk. Like yep. <laughs> yeah, that, if a Mario shows yep. up, that that's a no brainer.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking is like, where's the new Mario? It's been just as long since Breath of the Wild. And we had yeah, we had Bowser's Fury, that was like the closest thing we had to a new thing, but then they've been super silent on it. So that's where I was kinda like, Well, maybe they'll save it for the next thing, or they'll make or maybe they'll make it a double release. Like yeah. they did with Breath you know, you know, know, of the Wild hard or, hard or What's
0: Princess. gonna be
2: that double release? it just it's become like it's only happened twice with consoles, but still. Two for two. Right
0: yeah it could happen as a as a double release but you know they you know they've been working on a mario game well they're always they're always, they're know, always working on also, something yeah he's also he's also said that they're always working on a mario game so they're 6 years into the next mario game uh it's got to be pretty near release uh state right now or or you know or something's up at nintendo and know yeah. these are master game designers. They spend six years on this this, this project. It's coming soon, ish.
1: Well, they also—I so. mean—they also work on multiple stuff, though. I mean, yeah. they've also been working on tears of the well, Kingdom Chris and Prask whatever
2: else. Busy, so they're still trying to get all his live.
0: Right. <laughs> <Just to try laughs> yeah. book his studio time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's not available, so that's why the next Mario game. Sure.
1: I mean, t- I mean, Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy three was really good, so I mean, at least he has that going for.
3: Him. I-, I think it's worth noting too that obviously Miyamoto is a flat pole person within the Nintendo organization, but there's been talk over the years about how he's trying to hand over the reins a little bit to the actual game design to to younger people. And that's part of why Mario Odyssey had so much like self reverence, because it's people who grew up and love Mario being able to actually be engaged Mm -hmm. in the project. So uh, I'm with you, John. I think they have something ready down the pipeline to throw out there it almost seems like they're just waiting for the right time for it. Yeah. yeah,
2: Because they don't want to poach themselves with, because that was one thing I remember they, uh, you know, seeing that reel that uh, the lady on the rooftop was playing or whatever. in that, that initial switch sizzle reel. You know, we, we were all calling her rooftop Karen at the time. Karen wasn't quite the insult it is now but yeah, it or was, maybe uh, it was. And I, ju- maybe it was, I just didn't know
1: yet, but that's but. her name though. Right. That's like her no. actual name. Uh, somebody just said,
0: somebody has <laughs> called her Karen in yeah. a tweet and it stuck. Oh, okay. no,
2: I actually followed her on Twitter and I, well, or not Twitter, but uh, instead I still do, but she stopped posting stuff, but she was definitely involved in, you know, like commercial acting and stuff. Like, I think she's still continuing to
0: do that, but I literally just saw her in a new commercial like, yeah. yesterday. I said to you guys,
2: that's an actor. That's not a, someone to like regard as a nintendo stand. i mean maybe they are but uh but no but in that re- i wrote just remember it's been hard
0: at work on the new mario
2: i just remember <laughs> in that reel or that rather than that uh that yeah that sizzle reel seeing that mario stuff and i remember saying on the show i was like that's a placeholder that's just something they you know that's a proof of concept or something they created that's there's no way there's going to be a new mario game the same year we get a new Zelda game and of course that did happen yeah, and it did happen yeah and a lot of reason why that happened was probably because of like the the failure of the Wii U
1: well yeah because all uh, those games were Wii U games and <laughs> they just pushed them over is <laughs> what happened
2: but i think at this point they're the, the where they're poised they're not going to cannibalize themselves by releasing a Mario game in the same year as Zelda like uh-huh. they don't need to do that so they're not going to yeah I think if we're going to see a new Mario game, it's going to be next year. And that does kind of put it at the point where it might be a transitory game.
1: Well, I mean, you say they're always working on a new Mario, but they're also always working on a new system. They have been saying that for every single Nintendo system that has ever existed. They're always working on the next thing. I just found it really weird where the the PR from them, this change from like, we're never going to release one we're not going to release one this year like it flipped like on a dime like to from mm-hmm. one to the other it's that's so why dumb that's, that's where i'm kind of like yeah. hmm maybe you uh maybe you're having maybe you're having different thoughts or maybe you are planning on showing something next year or the end of this year about next year or whatever i just found it really weird where they were like oh no we're not going anywhere
2: like oh yeah console, console can't, can't more be surprised released right yeah, the global like the global trade situation is going to be revealed at some point. It's going to leak. Like, oh these these chips are being bought, blah blah blah, and all this crap. Someone's going to notice the movement of supplies.
0: Right. Well, I think also uh, saying that there's nothing going to be re- there's no new system going to be released this year is is a way of one controlling the conversation. Uh, they're getting more media savvy. Two, it's also giving permission to anybody who is holding out and. Not buying a switch to mm-hmm. go ahead and buy a switch now, mm-hmm. yeah. just before the release of the biggest game of the year.
3: Right. Yeah, that's fair. Do you guys think that Nintendo's still spooked by uh, what happened at the end of the Wii? Because I remember there was a lot of talk about how that thing just fell off a cliff.
1: No, that, that's uh, that's kind of what I was thinking about. If you saw like my notes down there, where I'm like, whereas like I feel like maybe some of the Nintendo systems that got cut short were like the ones that stayed fresh. Because yeah, all all three of us. As much as you have great feelings about the Wii or whatever, all three of us had completely abandoned the Wii. About over halfway through, like I think John wasn't even playing video games anymore, and Jeremy was playing Xbox. I was playing PS3. We had all completely like disbanded Nintendo at the end of the 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 Wii Wii Wii. until
2: right before because it had become
1: so like stale for what for what it was.
2: Yeah, I bought my Wii at a pawn shop for like forty bucks right before Skyward Sword came out.
1: Yeah so it's i mean well my Wii broke like three times so i think like the final time i didn't get it fixed or i didn't get it fixed until skyward sword came out and then i fixed it again for that but yeah i had left i had pretty much left nintendo when i was just playing ps3 games like at the end there but all of us were off of it and i and i i know like you weren't even playing reasons. anything
0: for like three for years i was off of it for I was
1: still playing not, my game
0: not boys. Related to quality of the games or whatever but yeah
2: I never lost my love for the, the handhelds and I was still collecting those and doing stuff with those that whole
1: time. Yeah, I mean, but but I like, guess like the Wii was, that was the beginning of when they were like, all right, let's mm-hmm. aim lower as far as like graphics go and let's be below everything and that also kind of screws them over unless they're doing a handheld like now. I mean, you are, you is there
2: aiming system. lower? Is that them following the uh, supposedly the uh, Genpei Yokoi phrase of using wither technology to create new experiences like or the blue sky that, whatever that had yeah. been a nintendo thing well not no blue sky was creating a new audience Oh, okay no um no the thing about creating a new technology or creating new experiences from wither technology was totally gun pay going all the way back to to
1: game boy 1. when he was still it's a right. toy developer
2: and yeah and then he became like the game and watch person and like yeah of course the game boy and of course the well eventually the wonder swan And so wonder swan was, was like super
1: underpowered too yeah I feel like that was when they had
2: a lot of like quality of life features that a lot of people swear by as far as console that era goes, you know, for instance, being able to have it vertical or horizontal and stuff like that.
1: You can do that on the switch too with the flip grip.
2: Well, you can now.
1: I know. I know. I just make 15 years later. No, I know. I I know. Yeah. What were you? So, but what were you asking about the Wii? I'm sorry. uh, What were you saying, Joel?
3: Oh, I I just, I, I find that an interesting Touch point in this conversation is that at, at that time there was seemingly like a year-long gap between when there's people wanting to play the Wii and when the Wii U came out. And going back to talk about the one-two punch of Zelda mm. and Mario for the Switch, I remember the Wii U launch and there was Nintendo Land and a lot of third-party games, surprisingly, uh, that weren't really my bad, <laughs> you know. So uh i i think there's just i mean it
2: wasn't call of duty one of them it was like
3: there wasn't was yeah. i think there was, was a call real, of duty like pretty
2: ladder generation but like there there a couple a, years before Yeah, it was
1: like call of duty and like um... man and zombie U. I
2: think was one yeah. Of them. oh yeah i
1: have zombie U. it was zombie yeah, U. and it was there was a game yeah.
2: later on just came out of zombie ninja
1: ninja gaiden 3 was on there and uh mass effect 3 It was kind Uh of a funny one that was Madden 12 was like the last Madden game that's been on any Mm -hmm. Nintendo system was for that. Yeah, it was, it it was weird. It was kind of like, yeah, this Ubisoft, whatever shit thrown on there. And yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get a Wii U until they released a Mario 3D world and Mario Kart 8, which is still the best Mario Kart ever.
2: Probably uh, the right choice. Yeah. And it was the podcast that brought me back to Nintendo. I will say that. Well, we both, we both,
1: we both got Wii U separately before the podcast you
2: know that's true but it was from hanging out with you and kind of like talking it all over i don't know
1: but i I did i did feel very good to be back in the nintendo world again that was for sure when i was on ps3 for a while it was also nice to get we we got back into a
2: time where it was still like a somewhat scantily uh populated you know discourse which is completely changed now but i still remember as far as current gen consoles i
1: still remember people giving me shit about the wii u being like, what do they got? I was like, they got a game called Xenoblade Chronicles X, man. Two hundred hour game. they like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, I was like, what were they even talking about then? Fallout? Fuck that. It's got nothing on Xenoblade. That's all I'm saying. Xenoblade. Is Nintendo definitely has a color. Time.
3: Out of all these other consoles, though, like th- there was a very dark and dreary period for PlayStation and, and Xbox. Oh yeah, everything
1: was brown, stuff. and as yeah. Xbox and mm. PS3, which yeah. I kind of hated that too. Yeah, it was like it has to be devoid of color and mature or whatever. It's like uh, okay,
2: it's the actual post-apocalypse where color no longer exists.
1: Everything is brown, and brown. we're all ducking and covering from everything. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, gotta hide behind everything. <laughs> uh, I wanted I wanted to read a comment that we got on the Facebook community from uh, from my lovely wife uh, Jess said I'm the person who wanted to buy the Wii and like never have to buy another system so I don't want the switch to be wearing out it's welcome because I don't want to have to buy everything again for the fourth time but if I could just buy a new screen say or new functionality or real joy cons and kind of upgrade my existing account I would do that no reason that any future system can't play what's already existing Yep. Let, let me keep it and just upgrade the hardware in pieces if i want but at the same time yes i do think something new is on the horizon so i mean yeah i'd love to piece it together i would i would, i would just same. like to have a better version of the Wii, of the switch that runs the games that are already on there better that's what i right. like you
0: know would you actually would be able kind to fire of every switch game on day one
1: i want switch well yeah if they i want them to make a switch 2 and i want your i want your account to, account to roll over and you can download the shit you already bought you know, or even if you even if you had to pay like five dollars or whatever to make it switch to fine, I just would. You know, I, I want them. To, I don't want them. To, Nintendo is very Nintendo, and I don't want them to like. Even though they have this great thing, like go steer they in the completely wrong PC direction and do Wii some U. other yeah. weird shit. You know, like
2: it was like a dollar to like upgrade to the Wii U, the, the virtual PC. console games. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it was like fifty cents. It wasn't. It wasn't that much. But yeah, well, depending I, on
2: yeah. depending on which.
1: Yeah, but I, I did it. I didn't mind. But yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like. But yeah, if it's if they're gonna do it, just make it all available. Like just roll it over and, and make it. I agree. I like there, there was like an April Fools' uh, I don't remember if it was Game explainer or Nintendo Life where it was like a where where it was like the four it was like it was it was like the four Switch or something like that where you can like disconnect it and then have the two screens and all that, but on the TV. I want them to do something like that. I just want I just wanted I just wanted to have the Wii U again where we can have two screens, but also make it completely portable outside of that. You know, have like a screen that pops off that you can put in your dock, and then you take it back on. You attach it to your handheld, and then you have two. I I just want, I just want DS and 3DS games to never die. Want them to stay alive. The Switch
0: 2 compatible with the Wii U Gamepad. Damn it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I was gonna. I I thought about having that as my nickname. Where uh, speaking of remote play, I'm always like, I think every system should be remote play. Every system of all time should be able to play your.
2: I just don't believe in your streaming games thing, and I've never had a good experience with it with any cloud gaming thing i know both of you have my co-hosts i played through all you of both had good experiences with... on cloud <laughs> and it yeah, was great i, just, I have yeah. not had a good cloud experience maybe your brain eventually like adjusts to it or maybe you just have that much better internet connections but i have that been trying not. i've been trying internet gaming since online in like 2007 or 2008 I've just never had a good experience with it. Even playing like slower paced things like point and click games, you know, the delay is. I just can't take it.
0: Get that wired adapter for the Switch, thirty five bucks, well worth it. (laughs) Or just get. Well, I was. Well, that's. I don't plan on
3: ever cloud gaming on the Switch. Sorry.
1: That's fine. You don't have to. You have a PS Five. You don't have to do it because you can just get the games there and for cheaper too.
3: (laughs) I, I do sometimes imagine a world where. Nintendo sort of backs into what PlayStation and Xbox have done with some of this and makes a dedicated console underneath the TV, but have it be a docking station where you can actually like plug it in. It's almost like the 32X kind of thing with the, the Sega Genesis. Because they like, <laughs> put it in and it boosts the power or something.
1: They, they need they need a dock that goes into your dock. <laughs> it's like yeah, the, third, yeah, the the thirty two X. Power, power. It's basically like a thirty two <laughs> X that goes inside of your dock and then you put your switch into that. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. I I totally want that. Yeah, it's it's, game being on top of it. They like go do they do a full circle and just go back into Sega. It's like let's make we're making a thirty two X <laughs> for the Switch. It's gonna go into your dock. It's gonna be great. That'd it be plays great. Doom first game is Sonic Knuckles. <laughs> it would be hilarious i mean sonic knuckles is already on there but the 32x version man
2: i am interested in how they're going to convince their humongous install base to get the newest console you know it's going to be something it's going to have to be something special nintendo's you could look up a, uh, you know look up some news reports from when the super nintendo came out and how pissed off Families were that they could. Oh, I w- keep buying It's a no games. I was mad kids. about it
1: <laughs> when I was like ten or uh, whatever. I was mad. I was like, console. I thought the NES was, like was going to be everything. Like, I want to do whatever. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I was mad that Nintendo made a new- and then Super Nintendo became like I loved it way more than I ever loved the NES. But yeah, but I was like, I was, I was like, just like, watching some. Oh, video I was like, oh, you can't Super Super make a new one.
2: You'll eventually feel the same way about Super Switch.
0: Oh no! Of course, watching some I welcome the Super Switch or Switch Two. There was a video of a mother commenting on, on the new the new Nintendo. And she said, my son already had all these games. Now he has to buy another one? It's just not right. <laughs> it's just not right. It? Well, I, it's just not
1: right. I even turned the tables. I was like, fuck that. I'm getting a Genesis. Or I convinced a friend to get a Genesis. I was like, no, because Nintendo has betrayed us with their new Nintendo here. And I convinced a friend to get the Genesis, and I don't think he ever forgave me for that. Because <laughs> then I got the Super Nintendo later, and he's like, uh You should have never told me to get the Genesis. But whatever. Oh, man. I think we've said enough about that topic. Why don't we just roll through some news stuff?
2: News and news, news, news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. Sure.
1: There was a Splatfest over the weekend. I totally skipped it because I was playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But uh, it was, you know, it was power versus courage versus uh, knowledge.
2: Wisdom? Yeah.
1: Or wisdom. And uh, power won. Surprise, surprise. Apparently, there was a Zelda inspired. Tricolor level or tricolor level, so I kind of wanted to play that, but I didn't find out about it until after the fact. No, you'll never
2: play. this.
1: but yeah, no. I, well, they might bring it back for the next one. I don't no. know. It's, it's playing the Splatfest it's isn't like doing the Tetris attack or the Tetris ninety nine themes because mm-hmm. the Tetris ninety nine I get a I get a thing. I play it. I have a thing. And Splatfest, what do I get? Just killed a bunch. Like I don't get an experience. I don't get anything different? I guess. And I don't really care about the three. Triforces or whatever. And I was way too deep into into Xenoblade. But uh, I put this on for you, John, if you were here. Uh, the new Atari game. What's that about? The one that's been announced? Yeah, Mr. Run and
0: Jump. So I thought this was kind of cool that uh, At- Atari is publishing this game. It's made by somebody else, but they're publishing a new game, new IP. I think that is exactly the direction that Atari should go from here. They should try to like just find cool indie games and publish them. You know, they still got some name value, some brand value. They're coming hot off the heels of Atari 50, which was amazing. Uh, yeah. But going forward, I think they just need to keep finding these cool little indie games and and putting them out. And their goal, I think, should be to become... What's the developer that we all all love? Uh, wait for the, it. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 they make all the cool indie games.
2: Digital clips. Digital clips.
0: Not them. The other ones. Dang it. What's their name before um uh devolver, digital. uh devolver digital devolver like they keep that that's a company that just keeps putting out like badass games again and again but their whole thing is finding indie games and and uh publishing them i think atari could do something similar so this cool mr run and jump game looks kind of like uh it's like a neon action platformer I don't i can't imagine too much cost too much i I was uh,
1: just i was just watching the trailer and they make it look like it was an atari game that's been like modernized you know they make it look like kind of like a pitfall type thing where it's all like real chunky sprites that you can't tell what they are and and the character still looks like the chunky sprite but now it's in this neon world that's super fast and and you know and and it's cool it makes it hip
0: or modern or whatever so
3: even the name is very atari like Mister Run and Jump, that very like this is exactly what you're getting kind of right.
0: Name. Yeah, like baseball. You know, games are just like called <laughs> yeah. the sport that they were. Oh, yeah. NES, mm-hmm. NES baseball, the slowest baseball
1: game ever. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. What is on the Nintendo Switch online? It's still there, but still it's slow as fuck. Let's talk about the release dates. I guess we talked about the big one already, but Mister Gimmick finally got a release date for July sixth. Yeah.
0: July sixth my most anticipated switch game besides, uh, besides Zelda, maybe, maybe a little bit more anticipated than Zelda. I don't know. Uh, but I, I just, I love this game. I'm so glad that it's finally out in an official way that I can play it legally Yeah, and you don't uh, have to play it comfortably on TV. You don't have
1: to emulate it or whatever.
0: Yeah. Do you know about Mr. Gimmick? No, Gimmick not War? too much. No. Uh, it was a game that was only released in Japan and Scandinavia for the NES. Uh, now it's one of the rare sought-after games. You know, costs like two thousand bucks if you want to get a physical copy on NES. Uh, but it, it's all for a good reason because it's actually, in my opinion, it's the best game on the NES. It's hmm. like even better than Super Mario Brothers three, in my opinion. It just does things that other NES games don't don't do, uh, couldn't do, such as it, it has a physics engine, like it, it's a physics-based action platformer his weapon is a star so he throws the star and the star will bounce according to how fast you're moving or what angle that you threw it at there's all sorts of strategy involved because it actually is like a f- the only nes game i can think of that has a little physics engine in it. it's just different than any other projectile it's tough to explain until you can like actually play it yeah, for, for yourself it just feels different um,
3: so it has like a different sense of momentum depending on how you're moving and when you throw it
0: that, 100% correct yeah
3: that, that's yeah, yeah that sounds pretty cool yeah and not only that but that star is not a, not a, only a, just a weapon
0: it's actually a, a platform so you can strategize and you bounce it off the wall then you can jump on the star to get up to a higher level mm-hmm. so there's just all kinds of creative ways to, to play this game and I've mean, uh, you a know, bit Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I've never played it before,
1: so I'm excited to play it. I've only heard you talk Same about way. it at great length, so yeah, I'm uh, a.
0: It's fantastic. Into it. So I'm ready to go play that game. Comes out July 6th. They're doing a physical release as well. Uh, that comes out sometime later, but but, but like yeah, pre-orders limited-
1: are up like now for it though, right? Like for years limited now. run, yeah,
0: yeah, limited run has um has a a uh, physical release with with a, a stuffed animal. There's there's a, a keychain. There's a NES cartridge case with it and everything. And separately, you can also get uh, the soundtrack on vinyl. Which the soundtrack is just something very special. It's it's very catchy.
1: I think you can also listen to it on Spotify. Like I think it's
0: on there, or you can buy mm-hmm. it digitally through iTunes or whatever. If Some of the best. If you like chip tunes, you gotta
3: get this game or at least listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. I'm definitely gonna wish list this.
1: I'm ex I'm excited to finally play it. Um, there's another thing coming out in July too. Um, it doesn't have an American release date yet, but uh, hopefully there's an English translation or something. But the uh, the sequel to uh, to the to the to the family hit uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi, which is a game that only came out in Japan, pretty much. There was a crayon shin version of it that came out last year, which I really liked. Uh, it's basically takes place in uh, 20th century Japan summer vacation.
2: Was this like the next year in the 70s?
1: This, Some uh, uh yeah, they took, yeah, they took place in different decades, I think, originally in the, in the PlayStation version, but there's, there's a new one coming out. It has a July 28th release date, and I'm just hoping that there's an American translation for it. Cause I'll buy it. Is off it the Japanese
2: shin specifically, or it's just uh it's
1: No, no, this is, this is the regular Boku, no Natsuyasumi. So this is no Shin-Chan involved with this one. Gotcha. This is just straight up. And I actually, it was on one of the directs, it was on one of the directs and, uh. It looked really cool. Like, it was probably one of the, I mean, obviously the best-looking uh, Boko game that I've seen. So, and Boko no Yasumi stands for My Summer Vacation, for anybody who wants to know. But, uh, yeah, no, I I've, I kind of fell into that when I fell into the Shinchan one. And hopefully there's some uh, English translation, so I can just buy it from the Japanese eShop and play it. Or it'll just come out here and just let us finally have that s- something from that series, cause <laughs> aside from the, sh- the Shin-Chan one. And I will be excited about it. Let's see, what else do we have on here? um we did all the fiscal stuff they're doing a they're doing a treehouse countdown for tears of the kingdom on friday which is interesting i mean or no not friday thursday right i think it's tomorrow where they're going to show where they're going to they're basically going to play it until it releases like digitally at midnight so that's pretty cool eastern i don't know how i probably won't watch any of it but for anybody who's on the fence about uh zelda about tears of the kingdom i don't know who's on the fence about that game (laughs) but for anybody who's not sure watch watch the watch treehouse what you know go through it and all that
0: i've played the last 16 zelda games but i don't know but yeah (laughs) yeah
2: here's the thing i'm still wondering why it's a legend like
0: why don't we know it's real and what's with the zelda guy running
1: around i don't understand him i know
2: what if zelda was a girl that'd be cool
1: (laughs) yeah no I'm, i'm very i'm very excited to play that game and we'll talk about it next week. Is there any other? Uh, is there any news that I missed that, that you want to talk about before we go? No. Anybody? I think Anybody that's cool? good. Cool. All right. That is episode three hundred and seventy. Uh, thanks, Joel, so much for joining us. Why don't you let everybody Thank know you. again where they can find you? at Super GG Radio. No,
3: I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always been fun. Uh, Super GG Radio is the video game podcast I'm a part of where we talk about video games and all things adjacent, mostly pre-release indies, and then what we're playing in our backlog. I have to plug briefly, my wife and I have a book club podcast called Afterthoughts. Very original name. And uh, We're currently going through the Lord of the Rings series because we love the movies. She's never read the books. She's already told me that we've been doing a lot of traveling after fellowship so we'll see how she feels after two more books of traveling and That's then the i'm thing, also right? particip- <laughs> <laughs> just
1: traveling it's a lot of walking I know that
3: it, is. it it is a lot of walking right she, she's introduced me to some good books that i haven't gotten a chance to read to. so it's a good way for us to sort of fill out our, our bibli- bibliography a little bit and then i also am part of a podcast called binge buddies uh where me and some friends uh binge through a certain movie or tv series and right now we're actually starting Fast and the Furious, so okay, uh, interesting ride. I've never watched them before, and uh, it's a series you did there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, you know the funny thing about it is that it's so easy to just fall into puns with with that series. Like how how many different car
2: you can um, walk her right into them. Sorry, Mm-mm.
3: yeah, we're we're really drifting away from the conversation right now. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Drifting, even. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was
1: the name of one of them. I've only seen two of them.
3: That that was the one we just watched, uh, and they're they're all experiences. But yeah, but yeah, thanks again for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it.
1: Is that is that with the after the hype, guys? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I was on a I was on a Fast and the Furious podcast with them for Fast and the Furious Seven, which is like one of the two that I've seen,
3: mm-hmm. and I don't know
1: why they asked me to be on it, but I, I that's like one. It was like the one I had seen, and I, I think that was my one appearance for on the after the hype. We've had Brian on here before too, and on, on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all of them are great. Definitely check it out. I put some links on the description and whatnot. And if you want to find more stuff from us, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. And for just $1, you can listen to this episode without the ad. And you can also hear our bonus episodes, which we just did one, which I really liked. Uh, me and Jeremy and I, we did uh, all of the jobs that we've ever had compared to RPG classes. And I thought that was, uh, that was a good one. That was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed doing that. So we got to, we used got to talk about all the shit that we've done for whatever yeah. and compare it to <laughs> better things to like games. RPGs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was so fun. I, fun. I, I was so, I, I didn't realize until after Something the fact, but I was like, uh, done with it. <laughs> I, I was like, um, I was like, man, I should have, I should have included the classes from like a dragon. I didn't even think about that. Cause they're all like real life classes, mm. but, but whatever. I mostly compared it to like the traditional classes, like, uh, Blue mages and you know, like whatever. Like the the Final Monster Fantasy maker. stuff in the Dragon Quest class and that sort of thing.
2: Delivery driver, yeah. Yeah. So
1: but it, it was a lot of fun. So you can check that out for just a dollar and there's like plenty of this fifty plus other ones that you can listen to. And at five dollars you can see the videos of us early and you can listen to the WRT radio with all the with all the music, all the soundtrack from the intros and outros of the episodes and all that stuff. On that level. So it's worth it. Uh and uh Twitter you can find me at Nintendo underscore domain and Jeremy at jmaxstack, And you are a lomenade, right?
3: Yes. Although at this point, you're probably just going to see Dame clips. Uh, <laughs> I got tired of screaming into the void. So I oh, sure
2: you're like a living shakeup made out of laughter. That's
1: what it's yeah, that's that's what I do sometimes when I get too drunk, <laughs> too drunk. I just tweet a lot about how bad the Mario movie was or something like that. <laughs> but uh... I started
2: going for the guy in charge when I get drunk. For Elon, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I think the worst thing that ever—this was even before he owned it—but I hate that ads are in comments now. That just mm-hmm. pisses me off so much. But that happened before he even bought it, so it was already corrupted. For that, it's like the most evil thing ever. You can also find us at youtube.com/slash Main Podcast, and you can find me at twitch.tv/slash Main Podcast. I'll stream something next week for sure. I was gonna stream Xeno X, but I just wasn't—I wasn't, I wasn't uh, prepared enough. I didn't have enough uh, strength for that. I needed to learn how to play it again. I didn't want somebody to watch that because I figured it'd be pretty boring to watch me like constantly look at stuff on my phone or whatever. But yeah, check that out. And uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson,
0: Jerry Mikowski, John Letter.
1: and our special guest
0: Goldie Wed.
1: And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye. <laughs>